Hi, this is Arthur Adams, and you're listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the Master Disaster, Josh45. Hello. We have the second suitor, Mr. Tyler Brown. Hello there. And I'm CBS. You're... CBS, I guess. I don't know. Your host. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, so yeah, we, it's been a, been a minute since we had an episode, but we had some, some cool things happen in the world. Uh, one of the Tylers has a new baby girl and she's gorgeous. It's absolutely fantastic. Great congratulations to him. Hey. Um, our other Tyler, uh, he's got a new position at work. So job wise has been busy a different kind of way. Woo. Also fantastic. Uh, Mr. 45 is running his own restaurant as of now, which is also something fantastic and is a lot of extra different style work. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all the support, all the support in the world. So, you know, uh, so yeah, so it's been a, a really, really busy, uh, real life January and, uh, yeah. so it's made for, uh, you know, uh, t- not as much time on the f- forefront for things in the world. So we, anyway, we figured though, since last week there was this giant batch of announcements, now it'll be last week when this thing comes out. For us, it was like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Mr. James Gunn made a big, big set of announcements, which is what we're primarily going to be talking about this episode. Um, so that's what the uh, topic matter is. So you don't have to really worry about spoilers because this is all stuff that is, uh, you know, just nice or just words in the water, I guess. Sure. Is that a way to say that? I think that's a saying. I've never heard that, but uh, you know, I, I like it. It may be part of a song or something. I don't know. Words in the water. Maybe it's something. There's a different thing with the water. Smoke on the water? That's a song. That's, that's a thing. That's yeah. a song. Anyway, so other news before the DC James Gunn list of stuff. There's got to be a better name for that. Uh, do you want to do what episode we're on? Tinsel- oh, yes. Episode number... This is episode number 198. <laughs> So yeah, before we do the, all that nonsense with the other, the uh, DC, because uh, it's not phases, they're stories. Chapters. Chapters. So DC chapters. Um, so I got a little bit of news, not anything like horribly, I mean, a couple of pieces are kind of, they're neat. Um, so we got a new, super, our new Superboy series going to happen, it's a miniseries, and this is featuring Connor. Uh, it's called Superman, sorry, Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow. Uh, it's a six-part miniseries, it's going to be written by uh, Kenny Porter. And the artist on it is Johnny Lindsay. And uh, I think that'll be awesome. The couple test pages look really cool. Um, we haven't had a regular proper Connor story in a minute. I mean, we had him show up during the uh, Young Justice storyline, which is where we rescued him from Jim World to bring him back into continuity. And so since then, I mean, he showed up in a couple of the event books, uh, but not anything crazy big. So it'll be cool to have a little mini series for him. I like that. Um, on the movie front of things, Dane Cook has been in talks of some type with uh, Valiant Comics, so I don't know if that means a foray into Valiant movies again, or he, he's made tweets about talking to Valiant Comics about something. What exactly that means, no idea. We're going to reboot Bloodshot. I I don't necessarily think we'd see that one, but I, I hope could see not. them do a couple other movies, maybe. I mean, when they originally made the deal with Sony, it was supposed to be for six movies in theory. And then the whole COVID world caught up to everything and all the states shut down and like they released it in March, right? And that's the same, the, the exact same weekend as Colorado closed. Right. And we closed and like four other states closed at the same time. And at that point, California was basically already shut down. So like, 
it was a really horrible timing for that movie to come out in the world. It also wasn't a good movie. It's okay. I didn't bother. It's, I would say it's worth a watch, but you know, if you're not a diesel person, which you're not necessarily a diesel person. Not really. Wouldn't, unless wouldn't he's, probably be for you. Unless he's playing Riddick, I'm really not interested. Well, I mean, there's, it's, yeah, it's not the same as Riddick. Uh, but as far as a thing, it'll be interesting to see if that leads to other stuff. I mean, they did a batch of videos with the uh, Bat and the Sun folks um, that were the, what it was called was uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, and they did them as little teasers, like vignettes. So there's a whole bunch of short pieces that eventually got connected into being one kind of bigger piece. And we had some famous faces in there. I mean, the late Jason David Franks played Bloodshot for that. Um, Johnny Mundo or Jim Morrison, depending on what you know him by name wise for wrestling, he played the Eternal Warrior. And there's a couple other faces that are names that I don't know, but I recognize their face. They were in that, and it's it's pretty neat. I mean, most effects are really good, and those guys make awesome videos. So, like, it was a neat idea, and I think those videos is probably what led to Sony being like, oh, this is marketable, and why it happened in the first place. But, like, as a thing, because how poorly things went for Bloodshot, most would just assume that meant that was into that. But I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't know what exactly Dane Cook could bring to the table, but I guess we'll see. What's the one where they're all in a big battle? They're, like, transported to a planet, and they have to fight each other off one by one. In Valiant? Yes. Oh, man, I don't know. It had that. It had Ninjak and a bunch of other people in it, Well, this has a bunch of them fighting each other, so you might be talking about the same thing. Oh, okay, I think, yeah, I think we are. Because, um, basically, Ninjak was... A, the way the videos worked is that Ninjak kept coming across different characters in the Valiant universe, and what he was trying to accomplish led him into conflict with most of them, if not all of them. And eventually we all want to sort of be in the same place. Some of them after him because of him coming after them, and some of them after him because they've been paid to be after him. So that might be the same thing we're talking about. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's worth a watch. It's on YouTube. Um, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe is what it's called. Uh, but anyway, we'll see what that means. Um, another thing, get ready to have a TV show sometime probably next year. Uh, Ed Brubaker's Criminal, uh, which was drawn by Sean Phillips, is being adapted into a show for Amazon Prime. I think that'll be cool. It's it's crime noir, but it was a pretty cool it was a pretty cool book and spawned a bunch of other crime noir books also. So I think that's neat. Uh, even if you're not a comic book person, which then why are you listening to the show? Because it's not superheroes. It's you know detective stuff. But uh, the two of them have done a bunch of different books. Uh, Incognito and they, anyway, they're great. A book called Torso. Which actually, Sean didn't do the art for that. But anyway, they're they're really good. If you like crime noir books, they're great. So I think that's really neat. There's no date for it yet, but I think that'll be interesting. Uh, the only other bit of like new stuff that I had for the episode was uh, we are going to get a brand new Green Arrow number one. Uh, so that's going to start, I think, in March. And uh, the guy writing it is Joshua Williamson, who I think is fantastic. Uh, the guy doing the art is uh, Sean Isaacs, and he is also fantastic. Uh, if you're a long-time listener to the show, quite a while back we did a batch of episodes about um, a book called Stray, and the first series of Stray, Sean did the art for. So, Anyway, um, as far as pieces, I think that'll be really cool. It'll be interesting to see what they do with, uh, with the uh, Green Arrow again, because he has it in the book in a minute. So I think that'll be neat, and I like both those guys. And Williamson's written a bunch of stuff recently. It's been really great, so... I think that'll be cool. He's the same guy that did Birthright and uh, Nailbiter also for Image. And he wrote a lot of Flash. So 
I think that'd be cool. Give him another furway into a character that's a B string character to do things with. But I think that'll be neat. Oh god, one more thing I didn't mention that that I wanted to mention. So Skylar Petridge, she has a variant cover for Poison Ivy number ten that was added as like a D cover that just showed up in the ordering system for stores like yesterday, two days ago. It looks fantastic. So because it is an orderable cover, if you are into that stuff at all and you're listening to this, either talk to me or talk to your stores at wherever you live because she is just fantastic. And any 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 promotion in the world that we can do for her, I think it would be amazing because she's great. Anyhow, Rock so yeah, on. if you want at our store, come talk to me because you know I'm ordering a few of them. But because all the orders have already gone through for those books, and this is added extra, that part is super annoying. <laughs> Because it means you're ordering extra on top of it, right? That's right. Yeah, God forbid they make it easy. But anyway, I think it's really cool that she's getting a cover, and it's a fantastic it's a fantastic image. It's great. Anyway, so outside of that, I don't really think I have anything else that's crazy news-wise, um, other than the world and the NFL's rigged, and that's a totally different <laughs> kind of conversation. Totally different. So let's go from there to Mr. James Gunn. Yes, sir. And his, uh, his video of the uh, first... Story? Is that what it was? Chapter. First chapter of the uh, books of DC, which I do kind of like that moniker because that's how I talk about Star Wars. So the idea of it being stories and chapters, I like, uh, only because when I talk about Star Wars, I talk about the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the books of Kathleen. So because I do that, I think that I, I like it. that framing there. I like it. Um, I think his video, his presentation was really good in the video. Not that the man talks poorly in life because he doesn't, but it seems like everything he had to say felt very genuine when he was delivering it. But that's all part of the game, so I mean, okay. But again, still, I was I was impressed with his delivery of said things. Um, this is going the order of the what we believe the releases are going to be as of right now, because that's the way he talked about it. Um, so the first thing was on his chart, or his well, docket. Let's, let's start with what we have coming first. Sure, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So Shazam, obviously, The Flash. And then specifically, he mentioned multiple times, not only in his video, but also the day before when there was a presser that he was at, him and Peter Safran, that The Flash will, in fact, reset the entire DC universe. Officially. Which makes sense. It makes so much sense. But I'm telling you right now, if that film is not done well, the rest of these don't make sense. Yeah. So a lot is, in my opinion waning or focused hinging and on? hinging yes yeah. thank you hinging on the flash it really really is um blue beetle and then our second aquaman so that's that's what we have at the moment before right. things officially kick off he said well with with those in mind i mean shazam what me and josh talked about this yesterday or no two days ago a Monday. I can't remember what day. It doesn't matter what day it was. Josh refuses to talk about me with it with me. So I'm glad I'm here because he <laughs> he just texts me. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> well, we were talking about it for a minute, and like we both love the kid that plays Miguel in Cobra Kai. So with the Blue Beetle in mind, that kid's a great actor. Like I I, I like him even if he's just being himself in those shows. He is so good in Cobra Kai that I think that'll be awesome having him in a DC movie. His costume looks great. But we both draw the same kind of like conclusion that, well, it's not Ted Cord, and if Ted's in there as a bad guy or as a, because the write-up makes me think that's what the the deal is. Yeah, I think or so too. Or maybe the the his organization's bad. I don't know. Uh, as a thing, 
I get them picking him, but without more, depending on what happens with the other stuff, determines whether that'd be any good or not. Because if it's a shortcut to be like, the evil organization's Ted Court Industries and Ted's just a bad guy, then I don't like it. If it's, if it's his mother or his wife, then okay. If they stole apart from the Green Arrow story and they make it the business, his mother running the business or his ex-wife running the business or whatever, then I guess, okay. I do think Ted Court's the stronger of the two characters, but I don't mind Jaime. I, I, I don't mind him. Um, I, I understand that people want to see it start from the beginning, and we're going to have a lot of that talk today because we're not starting from the beginning. It is officially a soft reboot. Um, so. Right. Yeah, that's a... <coughs> yeah. Josh, any words about Ted? Well, there's no words to have about Ted because he's not going to be in it, really. Well, so he's, he's not like on he's, the cast list, so that definitely begs the question. They're doing the um, Latin American Blue Beetle just to have a Latin American character, and I'm not taking anything away from the idea of having characters who are developed who are of other thing other than blonde hair, blue eyed white men, which is fine. But like Ted Cord is a really cool character, and all you're doing is taking away from what Ted Cord is which is awesome. And then you're also going to which leading to the, one of the next things was booster gold. And those guys, friendship is uh, like amazing and hilarious. And I, I just don't, I don't get that. It's just frustrating. You could have like a superhero buddy cop movie, which is exactly what booster gold, which would be hilarious. And too, Ted yeah. Cord are right. Yeah. And you got the Ted Cord who's like, I'm too old for this crap. And then you have the booster gold. Who's the young, crazy like guy from the future. And like, it would be amazing. But like, I don't know. That's just one. That is one of the million things that I don't like. So you're not going to get anything positive out of this for me. So. That's well, what I'm trying to keep my mouth shut. I understand. Well, we we actually did a review of Booster, the the Blue and Gold number one, several episodes back, which was a mini series that is exactly that. Now, granted, I mean, in the comic books, the two of them are more par for the course with age, just like Superman and Batman. They seem to be the same. But as far as like a setup, that's basically what that was. So it's already a ton of books that are that. And New 52, when they started up with the Rebirth stuff, we did start with the idea that Ted was trying to shepherd Jaime and, and being able to be a hero and stuff. And it dropped very quickly. Like, it felt like that, that was the first story arc. And then after that, we were just like, meh. Back to normal Blue Beetle for the kid. And then after that, we were like, oh, canceled. Because, you know, stuff. So yeah, when it comes to sales numbers, it... It, it's never lasted super long. And it is interesting that I think for me that Blue Beetle was, and we talked about it a couple times here, but it was supposed to be a direct to HBO Max thing at first. That was right. their original plan. And so somewhere along the line, I went, okay, we can make money in the theater with this. And I'm going, are you sure? Are you sure you can do that? Well, his costume does look really cool. And that one trailer is really cool. There's a trailer? Oh, yeah. And it looks cool. Hmm. But I mean, I've since then read a treatment. Um, they, they came from Warner Brothers about it. That I don't think we're actually supposed to talk about, but <laughs> I. So I technically I didn't. Oh no, sure. I don't no, know what you're talking not about. Not at all. That's oh, a yeah, thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, oh I mean, come on, you're not that important. I didn't mention. I, I still get them though, and I'm not supposed to. You read a treatment they weren't supposed to read. That no, no, that was. I about. was supposed to read it. It was sent to me. They, they asked me what I thought about it poll wise. Yeah, me and a whole sea of other people because there's a whole group of us. Did you get sign those. a? There's a button you check, so yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. There yeah. you go. That's just a non-disclosure. Non-disclosure agreement. I mean, that might be what it says in there, maybe. 
Which is why I didn't really talk about what it actually says in there. Right. You did not? No, I didn't. I call BS. Oh, that's a real thing. I believe you. It's a real thing. Anyway, um, so far as Shazam, I think Shazam looks just like the previous Shazam. I think if there's any weak points in there, it would fall on the two bad guys. And Helen Mirren is so great. Who don't exist in comic books. Right. That's which the, is it's a first for DC. For DC, it is first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I don't know. Does hardcore? Well, for villains, that's true. I guess I don't know if hardcore exists in the comics or not. Yeah, for villains, but for villains, for yeah. villains yeah. But we're looking at Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren, and mm. I mean, Lucy's been in movies that have been questionable. Not that Helen hasn't, but they're both pretty. I think they're both pretty great. Sure. So I mean, I think that'll be really neat. And even the way James Gunn talked about it, Shazam has been so much its own pocket anyway that. I feel like if it goes well, that we could easily see him actually move forward. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I think the Flash kills it. That's what I think. I think the Flash kills Shazam. You think? Yeah, as far as the movies going forward, yeah. Well, I mean, it could. I mean, as far as restart of the universe, doesn't mean that certain things wouldn't be the same. And since that never touched anything else, save her well. I mean, the it slightly touches other things. See, and I also am the same way about Aquaman. Okay, if you're rebooting the universe after Flash and Flash comes before Aquaman, why? Right, that is kind of weird. Why? It'd be interesting to see what the shakeup is, because we did hear that they were taking scenes out that had Ben Affleck and scenes out that had somebody else. I can't remember who the other person was, but Ben Affleck scenes supposedly were cut from the movie. So that would make sense if they were trying to tailor it in a way that would fit. But the way we understand it at this point, Momo is out too, so I guess... You know, we'll see. But it is weird release-wise, that's true. Yeah. So other than Shazam and the Blue Beetle, Flash, which he did have high praise for. Um, he said, quote, one of the best comic book movies he's ever seen. So I, I, like you said, I guess, depending on how that goes, then we'll know what we're going expect. I don't know if I would have said that. Like, you're, you're hinging a lot on that, man. It is that's, high praise. You're hanging a lot on Flash. Uh, was there anything else in the prequel stuff before we get to the new stuff? That's it. Okay. So then the new stuff, uh, the, from what what information we've been given, the first thing was going to be the Creature Commandos. And Creature Commandos is being done as an animated series. And uh, from what Sean, from what James said, he's gotten the, all of them written. And uh, I think it's awesome. The idea this hasn't happened already at, with the DC side of animation is surprising to me. Because their animation stuff has always been pretty good. I mean, I'll give you they have a really couple, good. couple duds in there with, like, half the movie doesn't make sense. But generally speaking, most of their animated stuff has been very, very well handled. Um, so the idea of this, I think, is great. I mean, with a cast of basically a bunch of the characters from Agents of Shade, which was a Flashpoint story, mixed in with a couple other characters from the Suicide Squad, I think is really cool. Because we get Rick Flagg Sr., which I can tell you I don't know much about. But since the other one's not around, I guess that's why. Well, he doesn't show up much, too. Right. Yeah, Again, yeah true. Uh, Nina, I don't know how to say her last name, Mizerki. She's the uh, the creature from Black Lagoon female. Correct. Uh, then we have Dr. Uh, oh, I don't know how to say that either. Phosphorus, that's how you say it. Correct. It's phosphorus. Dr. Phosphorus. Uh, Frankenstein, which is Eric Frankenstein. Uh, the Bride, which is the Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, GI robot and then Weasel, which I mean Weasel will be makes sense because it's James Gunn's brother Sean. Uh, so as far as a fit of things, the one teaser picture they put out looked really cool. 
I like it a lot because that whole group of characters are really cool. And the bride, like as a thing, she's not really that old actually. Cause like she shows up in those agents of shade, like her first appearance is in one of those books. Um, so I think that's all really neat. Or sorry, seven soldiers of victory, Darth Frankenstein, number three, that's where she shows up. So it wasn't an agents of shade. It was a seven or seven soldiers. It doesn't matter. The only character I didn't see that I really kind of was hoping I would see was bullet tear. Which is another, like, uh, one of those 50s style horror movie characters. So, I mean, I think that's really neat. If none of the rest of it's any good, I, at least I hope that is, cause I like all those characters. I think that's a cool idea. And it could easily be its own thing and not ever touch it again, so. Well, and they were trying to cast people, I guess, that are going to play those characters, hopefully in this and live action. And, while I respect that, James Gunn is talking about a shared universe across all media, which is going to be very, very, very hard. Video yes, games, yeah. uh, you know, uh, films and animation. That's a lot. So, but if anyone can do it, he can. So. Well, as far as pieces are concerned, yeah, I, it is a tall order, uh, just considering how much material gets made in the world, but if that tones down part of that, I guess it might be, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what any of that means. I mean, I, I don't know if I, I like that idea if Batman was the same voice in everything, but when it comes to like, it, because our primary Batman voice has passed away, sure. then okay. I'm not seeing a couple of the things like on the Wikipedia on these guys. I didn't see a couple of those characters that you talked about. So modern team, I have a 10, um, the Bogman, Gunnar McKay, Captain Lucius Hunter, Dr. Medusa, Patchwork, Vincent Velcoro, and Wolfpack. From the comic books, yeah. The comic yeah. book creature commandos. But then Agents of Shade have Father Time, Dr. Ray Palmer, Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, Dr. Nina Mazursky, Vincent Velcoro, Warren Griffith, Collis, and uh, Matthew Shreve. So It's like a mixed match of the two things together. So how did you... How did you get the names? I'm just, I don't know. Cause I was- so there was a, when they, when Gunn did his, uh, presentation, they had a, a picture they showed of them all in an animated format together and going through who the characters were from seeing them told me who the other characters were. So just after having seen them on the screen, other people have done breakdowns on their websites about them too, but I know all those characters from the comic books because of the way they look. Uh, like GI Robot. He's the only one that doesn't make sense in any of the other books because he's not been part of those books. But there's the only other character that even looks like G.I. Robot is a currently a book happening called G.I. G- oh, we did, a, we did a review of one of them. We did a review a couple of weeks ago. The, the, couple, the, couple the, ago. Yeah, yeah, the Jeff Johns book coming out from Image where they basically took the same look for Junkyard Joe and gave it to, well, took it from G.I. Combat or G.I. Robot and gave it to Junkyard Joe because the two things look very same. GI robot. So, so the was before. Old, so the, the 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 bearded man that looked uh, with the Superman haircut. Who do you th- who do you think that is? Rick Flag Senior. Rick Flag Senior. And you're sure that's who that is? Because yeah. it could be like Captain Lucius Hunter, the old man, oh, the man. member of the Hunters Hellcats. He he said it was Rick Flag Senior. Oh, he did. Yeah. Did James say it? Yeah. So like okay. I said, there's information that came out in the video, and then there was a presser that was the day before, oh. and he announced all the, all those characters. So okay. I guess I didn't really realize they were all in that listed that way. I know he mentions a couple of them by name in the video, uh, but just having seen them, that's with that going along with it, explain to me who they that's were. That's the image you got, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the that's, same picture. Yeah, that's the one. With um, Doctor Phosphorus, like he's a 
he's a bad guy from Batman. Yeah. So like he's uh he's had a place in the universe, but a back to these other characters came from those Agents of Shade books, and it's a mix match of the two things because like Agents of Shade was a mini series that happened during Flash Flashpoint. Yeah, I remember. So it's it that's the only place it existed because as soon as it ended and we got to the regular world, a lot of us that read that were like, "Holy crap! Hopefully Frankenstein's get a book because right because so the Frankenstein good. was good in that." Yeah, that no, was great. And eventually he did show up, and we did get a tiny bit of a story for him when they did the uh, crossover with Robot. What did you call the robot guy? A GI robot. Because on here they call him Jake. Well, that's probably his name. Well, the what the Jake and Jake Two, the first GI robot. That's what they are, yeah. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, Jake is his GI robot. Was like so they did a book called GI Combat, and they did a book called GI Robot. But the Jake and Jake Two were what the two robots designation names are. Um, they're, they're old characters, like, God, I mean, I say sixties or seventies. And Jake two is the one we deal with mostly in the books from what I remember. I didn't read a lot of GI robot books or GI combat even, but cause they were war story books. So I didn't really pay a lot of attention to them because he's a cool looking robot. And part of the only reason I know part of that is because when we did uh junkyard Joe, I kept thinking he looked the same as somebody else. And so I looked into that. So, but yeah, that's the same thing. GI robot. In designation, Jake stands for something too. Like it's an abbreviation, but I can't remember what it's for. Like the letters line up to be something. Anyway. But yeah, as far as the rest of them, it's like the, uh, Nina, she's from Agents of Shade straight up. And Bride initially is from there too. So like the way these all shake out, I mean, Frankenstein's been in the regular books. I mean, he shows up in Batman a little bit. He shows up during, uh, the Rot World story with uh, Swamp Thing and Animal Man, which was great. Like, the New 52, that particular batch of stories was so good. And Rot World was so good. Animal Man had a long running in 52. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, him and Swamp Thing both, for being off-branded Rot characters, characters yeah. Yeah. they both, I think they both ran 52. And if yeah. it ended early, it's only because Jeff Lemire left it and they didn't want somebody else to finish it. I remember Animal Man being big. It ran, they both ran a long time. I don't feel like Animal Man ran all 52. I feel like it ran somewhere into the late 40s. But I remember when it was ending that we were like, oh, well, it makes sense because Jeff Lemire was moving on to another project. So it made more sense for him to wrap it up after the Rot World story. But yeah, as far as the thing, that those stories, when they first started coming out, like, no, in the store when we were ordering, we were just looking at it like, do we order Animal Man? Like, really? Because it's Animal Man. And so, of course, we ordered some of the first issues because you never know what people are going to like. And then it comes out, and it's like this horror story that's just great. So, eventually, of course, we were ordering kind of a lot of that compared to other books. Huh? A little bit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you gonna make it? Yeah. All right. But yeah, so I like this this whole idea of Creature Commandos. I think the namesake makes sense because it's, a, it's the proper universe namesake. But as far as a mixed match of the two sets of characters, yeah, it's like they took characters from both places and mixed them together. Um, Marvel has their version, which is the Howling Commandos. And Howling Commandos is basically like the Universal Monsters turned into soldiers, um, mixed with the Fury. So there's likeness on both sides with some of this stuff. But the idea of uh, a book where the, where Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein is the leader of the team is just a cool idea. And they both look super awesome, so I think that's awesome, too. Anyhow, um, that's all I really got on Creature Commandos. I'm, I'm whatever on this. Like, I'm cool. I'm excited. No big deal. I'm, 
I don't know if we need to ask Josh's opinion on everyone because I don't think he's excited for anything. But <laughs> well, preach command because this is animated. So. I, I'll be fine with it, and I do like Frankenstein as a character. So, cool. but this doesn't really like fit with the normal DCU kind of stuff. Like, yeah, this absolutely. is kind of a secondary, like outside the the normal. You know, like the the main DC like cinematic universe needs to have the big players, and that's what like that's where my the majority of my frustration comes from. So, right, and if this comes out and even if this is the only thing that does any good, because it's I, from onset, it's so different. I don't think. I mean, even if it even if it is built to be part of the regular universe and connect someplace else, and we have a, a full live action Frankenstein show up, which would be freaking awesome. Because of what it is, like you said, it's so separate that it could easily be its own bag of nuts and not worry about the rest of it. But I think it'll be really cool, and I like all those. This character, so I guess we'll see what happens with it. Um, so as it jumps linearly back and forth, there's TV shows and movies, and they all seem to be running next to each other. So I think the proper place for the next one is Superman Legacy. Is that right? Is that what your list has on it? My list is right here, but it it, it doesn't necessarily. That's the, I think that's the only thing that has a date, right? It is the only thing that has a date. Yeah, so so it, it was listed as 2026. There's been a couple other lists that have put what they expect to be dates on things, but since that's the only one James actually said. That was 25. July 25. Oh, what did I say? 26. 26. 25. That's right. 25 is correct. You're right. We know. Um, so it has a, <laughs> it's the only one that has an actual date. Um, again, we have no casting. And as far as the thing, like the only stuff he really said about it is that he was looking at books like All Star Superman, which is a great book. And I think. If that's your basis to try to work with, at least you understand Superman's heart, I guess. Well, that was one of the things, again, I'm sorry to go back to this, but the day before at the the presser with, you know, all the press and stuff, it was, what was it? The, 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 the epitome of hope, the tried blue and, you know, red, white and blue. And, you know, they went into, you know, that and the American way and all that stuff. So, I mean, they literally went off, you know, the, the, the monikers that he's supposed to be known as so i i agree i think that that's what they're trying to focus on is not having you know getting that ens- essence that you guys always talk about the essence of that character absolutely correct which is good yeah i i mean we still have yet to see who is going to shake out as being and as far as that goes i, I imagine that's going to be one of the hardest things to do really but if you can at least get the essence right the, that's the biggest failure of the other movies is not having a proper behaving version of Superman. So as long as that gets nailed, then everything else should shake out, I think. I disagree, but go on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty important. <laughs> I know. Like, it I, really I, is. I just, I, I loved that dark brooding stuff. Yeah. So. I, but, but, yeah, yeah. And without going too deep into that, you got to understand something. Like, not everything can be that. No, I agree. And like, you being the biggest Batman fan that you are, like, you want, you want that. You want the darkness. And it's just like, with every darkness, there's a light, and like you have to have those. You polar. You can't have all characters like just dark and dingy, or you just have Sin City, or what we're coming up to next is with was the Authority. You just have darkness and bleakness and violence, and it's just like not everything needs to be that. And like, sure. and then you know, you do, it's, it it takes away what superheroes properly are. You know, and that's what Batman, and Superman properly are together. They like they balance each other out, and if you don't have that, then they don't balance each other. I agree. Right. No, 100%. Batman Superman being opposite sides of the coin is 
how they're designed and why they work the way they do. Like all those Batman Superman books that you and me love from the, the, the aughts and the, the correlation of their friendship, even the newest world's finest, like the way they're showing that off again, like those world's finest books are great, but it's, it's a really important part of the d- dynamic. And that's also something that just never got in the other movies. So had they had more time when we got there, maybe, I mean, we try to pretend like it happened after they resurrect him, but it never did. Batman acts like it, but it's in some movie we never saw. Right. You know, because you're supposed to read the comic books. Don't bump. Read comic books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am excited for it. I, I, it really does depend on casting, too. I mean, right. obviously, we've talked about it on this show and, you know, um, top, uh, never been done. You right. Know, you're ne- I don't know if you're ever going to find somebody that is as committed and as ideal for the role and wants to be Superman as much as Henry Cavill, but it's okay, you know, we get it, you're starting over, but hopefully, um, you know, they can they can do it justice. Um, right. Ha, 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 just, justice. Uh, anyways, the other thing is, is they, they do want James Gunn to direct this film. Right. Um, he's, he's writing it, they want him to direct it, um, but he does, he's just not sure if he can handle both. Um, which is understandable. I mean, you got a slew of things here. And again, we should have prefaced this. I, I forgot to say this, but this is just a piece. This is just 10, 10 things of right. chapter one. There, there is, there is more. He had a deadline of January 30th and he hit it. Uh, or was it 30th or 31st? I think the 30th. I think it was 30th. That, that yeah. was his, that was his, that was Literally his. Literally the day the video came out. The day the video came out. He was like, I told you guys it was going to be this day. So, yeah. um, so yeah, as a thing, it, it makes sense that he wants to do all these things and like the idea that, so Peacemaker is as good as it is and he wrote that in like what, a couple weeks is what the thing said? Yeah, during, well, um, however long he was in lockdown with. Oh yeah, with COVID. COVID, COVID yeah. yeah. So I mean, the man is, as far as getting things done, is good. And if with his uh, creature commandos being already written, that's not necessarily something that you need to actually have him hands on to direct by any means. I mean, you get a director, an animated director and let him run with it. Right. It'd be fine. But yeah, I mean, again, Superman being as big a piece as it is, I think that makes sense. Um, so the, the next thing from the way they had, that he announced it was Waller. I want to know what Josh thinks about his Superman. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen him, like, all of a sudden he just has this love for Superman that I never heard him talk about before, so I don't get it. I mean, like, I've never heard, he, like, of all the things he's done, like, he's always done, like, the off-the-wall, like, B-list, B-and-below character, so, like, all of a sudden he's just like, oh, yeah, I love Superman, I want to do this thing, it's going to be my thing. I was like, hmm, okay. So, we didn't talk about it, and I, I've never read Legacy as a book, because there's a, there's a book, and then, he, but he's also talking about All-Star, like you said, right? Well, Legacy is the titling for the the movie, right? But isn't there a there a run called Superman Legacy? Not that I remember. No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. There's a bunch of well, there's a collection of books, probably a compendium that has that name. Okay, but it's not a not a branded name, not that I remember. So it's All Star. All Star was the one he referenced, and the picture that they showed was from All Star. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but Grant Morrison read a whole handful of stuff for Superman, just like he did Batman, and even his Batman is I would say fifty fifty, but his Superman I would say the same thing fifty fifty. Okay. Uh, but legacy, I think, is a is just a moniker of a branding. I don't remember there being a legacy series. I, I guess I could be wrong, but I don't remember there being one called that. Okay. Uh, or a few of these things are definitely directly off some books, but a couple of them are repurposed names. Sure. I mean, as we go a little farther, when we get to the the, uh, the Brave and the Bold, like it's it's just a repurposing of a name. Right. It's not necessarily an actual 
actual moniker of a particular story. Which I think that's the idea is that Superman's not just going to be one avenue of story. It's going to be a mixture of stories. And I think that's why the naming is the way it is. At least I hope that's what I got from it. I mean, that's just me gleaming things, though, so who knows. Again, these are all guesses and whatnot. We little little bit we know, so it can't be spoilers. You know. Uh, but yeah, so Waller was the next thing on the list that, that the way that it appeared from what he said. Uh, again, a TV show, and this is a bridge between season one and season two of Peacemaker, which makes sense. So I guess whenever he gets to writing this, that's when that'll happen. Or no, not writing this. Sorry, he's not writing this. He's writing Peacemaker season two. This is being written by, uh, Crystal Henry and, uh, oh, Jeremy Carver. Crystal Henry, I think, did Watchmen show. Yes. Yeah. Watchmen writer, and then uh, Jeremy's, he did a lot of the Doom Patrol. That's it, Doom Patrol, yeah. So those two, and Doom Patrol I love a lot. I think the only complaint I ever had about Doom Patrol is that I feel like their cyborgs cast a little too small, and I don't know if I like his mustache. (laughs) But those are like simpleton things. Like everything else about that show I love, and their casting on everybody else is great. I mean, Brendan Fraser coming back as a rock star, playing Robot Man is awesome. Amazing. The lady they got playing Elastigirl is great. The girl playing Jane does so good. So, like, the stuff that's happened with that show, I feel like, unfolds very well. So, a show for Waller, and you got the two of them working on it, well, I will give you, I didn't watch all of Watchmen. I didn't. Like, I had a hard time getting past the second episode. But I've been told if, if you stick it to the third one, all of a sudden things make sense. Because you told me that. It was one of the best things I saw on television that year. For yeah, sure. I, don't, it, I thought that was all fantastic. It was so good. It's it's so fantastic. But also, I've sat and watched things with you that you're like, say, that you think that you say that you love them that are great. And I'm like, this is horrible. So we <laughs> have what kind of great it is. We have different opinions on things. I think you would like Watchmen, but it is dark. It is serious. It's it, it, and, and Watchmen should be, obviously. But it is. Um, it's a little tedious. The the first, if you didn't make it past the third episode, let's say, it it, it doesn't take off till probably four or five. See, that's what he also hates Ray Donovan. What? He also hates Ray Donovan. It's so boring. You are out of your mind. Oh my gosh! So gosh, that show's so fantastic. You must have pitched I saw a shirt the other day that said Ray Donovan's Boxing Club. I almost bought it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. I still haven't finished. I, I think I'm still a season behind. But God, that show's great. And maybe it's just episodes I've seen have been boring episodes. He just doesn't like. That's the difference. Like, I think he doesn't like CBS is he lives in a which is weird because but he lives in a 1950s cookie cutter. Like oh, okay. He wants things to be the same and be this is the things that he thinks are funny and this is the things that are great. Gotcha, gotcha. And but like if things are not this that way, then like it doesn't which is like both things have their place in the world. Sure, but. sure. You, you you like what you like is what he's I saying. I mean that's that is a true statement. He's not saying yeah he's not saying you're 1950s. He's saying you like what you like. Description and you want to stay. work. You, but <laughs> so delivery it's always something we got to work on. Delivery. Well yeah you always got to work. No on but like delivery. his the things that he thinks are funny are like ridiculous cats doing weird things. Everybody thinks but that's I funny. Sh- but then I that's show him Marty and Michael slapping the crap out of each other with things and he's like that's stupid and I'm like no but it's hilarious. Jackass made billions of dollars off of this this exact same thing. He's like, not funny. I'm like, but it is funny. Yeah. Just because you don't think it's funny doesn't mean it's not funny. Funny is definitely I the beholder. Let's go with that. Yeah, objective. That meow the the meow Saya com- video with the cat is hilarious. I don't know what it takes two about. seconds. Sorry, I'll show it to you. Okay. Either way, both those writers, whether it be from my point of view or from your point of view, are have fantastic. at least one writer that yeah. are great. Yeah. Because I don't think you've watched any Doom Patrol. Have you, Josh? I've watched Doom Patrol. Okay. So both of those writers, the guys currently responsible for making Waller happen. So with that in mind, it won't have the tone of Peacemaker, but it shouldn't. 
because she's a very different character than Peacemaker. And Viola Davis can carry anything, to be honest. Oh, no, she's great. She's fantastic. Yeah. So that's going to be a sh- the that's going to be the a show, show yeah. yeah, which will bridge season one and season two of Peacemaker. So I think Hardcore will probably show up in this, and maybe they're saying uh, a few of the Peacemaker characters. Die, will. die beard. I would assume those two just because of where they come from first. Yes. Chances are we'll probably see the daughter show up. Oh, that's right. Um, What's her name in that? I am having a hard she's time. Fantastic. I thought it was going to come back to me, but it hasn't. Oh, she's so good. Uh, but they say that part of Team Peace, Team Peacemaker is going to show up in her show, too, and those ones make the most sense. So, again, here we go. I know we have Aquaman before this, but this group of, well, specifically Peacemaker and right. Hardcore, interacted with the DCEU's Justice League. True. And Waller is from the DCEU, technically. It's a soft reboot. Just because, just so just like with Flashpoint, afterwards, just because Batman and Superman look the same, and they decide that some stories mattered and some stories didn't. This the same idea. Yeah, nobody liked it. That's not true. Most people didn't like it. There's a lot of people that hated certain parts of it, but as 50, a whole, 52? No, 50, New 52? 52 is, I know you hate 52. I liked 52. A lot of fine. people hated 52. I understand. Yeah, you can't make everybody And we had a long the conversation the other night about, okay, and the, the, conver- the point of the conversation was action figures, and I'm going to get to my point really quickly, but... CBS hates the new windowless packaging that Hasbro is doing. They're getting away from plastic. They're doing all their packaging in cardboard. So you can't see the figure inside of it anymore. It's getting away from the old school blister packaging that like a lot of collectors love. Under So I don't care because I open my figures because I don't like to be all sad and lonely in their boxes for, the, for forever like Stinky Pete. That creates villains. We know that. Yep. CBS likes to create villains. Usually the most <laughs> sure. kind, most, sure. m- most kind hearted people don't realize they're creating villains. Just like Hal Jordan. He didn't realize he was creating it when they destroyed Coast City and he went crazy and he murdered Kilowog. He didn't realize he was going crazy. He right. just did. That's CBS. He's Kilowog. <laughs> I'm and Hal Jordan. I'm Hal Jordan. He's killing together. himself That's all the time terrible. and creating villains. Remember but, what I said about delivery? I remember. Yeah. It's a but, constant thing. But the thing is... Just see real life out in the world. It's crazy. Go on. Oh. Huh? Go on. Flashpoint. 52. What? <laughs> my God. Anyways. <laughs> his, his crap talking is like totally distracted me. It's like you got deranged in the middle. Derailed? I said the right word first. Derailed for sure. Derailed. Yeah. Not deranged. <laughs> All right. So Waller, we're, I, I am excited for this. Again, I think Vi- Viola Davis can hold a show and our writers, you know, obviously are, are proven. So back to the action figure thing. They released financial like numbers and stuff like that. And they showed that the number one purchaser of action figures is the adult collector. It's not parents for kids. It's not kids. It's the sure, adult collector. So. Sure. Basically, they're starting to realize if they listen to the adult collector, they're going to sell more product. Just like in 52, a bunch of guys sitting in a room be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to reboot the world. We're going to make it this way and we're going to do this thing. It's like, why don't you listen and make, write stories to the adult collector? Because that's who buys comic books. That's the point. And that's why 52 didn't succeed. That's why it wasn't good. CBS is going to say that it's good because he owns a comic book store. He doesn't really talk trash about hardly anything that is comic book related, which is really weird. That's not the truth. It is. That's the 52 was successful. I, you, not every book was successful. That's true. I bought a gang of 52. 
I know, so did a lot of people that started at 52. Like a lot of But overall, it wasn't successful and people were like, we want the original characters back. Well, that's part of why we did the reboot. That's true. When it yeah, comes but to it, but rebirth. It was, it, I know, but they did it so quickly because people were so angry about it. 52 ran 52 issues yeah. across the board. You're talking 2012 to 2016. And a lot of people hated everything, and they slowly went back to it. They like made Green Lantern never was affected by it. Batman was never affected by it. They just kept being like making their own rules up as they went, and that's what you can't do. That and people don't want that. Mm. Pe- people want continuity. People want the characters that they love and care about. I respect your opinion, but I'm gonna listen to the guy who owns a comic book store. And okay, says a lot of issues were sold. So, and the, the, yeah, the in word. Grand Junction. That's I'm sure the they board, were. Though. It's not. We're an anomaly but for an some o- books. That's true. But, but on an overall basis, the reason they went away from that, and they're like, ah, yeah, that wasn't like that. they had to get away from it. They really did. Like in this day and age, when you what they, they start books up now, and I was thinking about this after I got off the phone to CBS the other day. They, they they start book up books up now that go like 15 issues, and then like then they fizzle out. The original rock, like the original like single series Robin. But Tim Drake is Robin ran for like 150 issues. Oh yeah, well that's something that's definitely par for the new. It's because it was successful and readers. people liked reading the book. Yeah, it, that's, uh, that's part of it. But what's going on right now with the for the comic book sake of things, with the amount of miniseries and the amount of series is not going so deep. It, I mean, you're right. It is because they're searching for new readers, and the problem with new with people coming new to things may not problem. It, it's an understandable fear, but at the same time. As long as you, someone's there to explain to you how the idea of comic books works, it's not that big a deal. I mean, in comic books, which I mean, have you said this on the show way, like lots of times? So maybe regurgitation for a bunch of you. And I probably said it to people in the store, actually, because it's the truth. Stories work in an arc format. They all do. So those hundred plus issues of Tim Drake have pockets of stories that are separatable into individual chunks because that's how they are. That's how all of that works. So as long as you... So Spider-Man's best example. Back when we were close to hitting eight, now we're at 900 plus issues. But at the time, we were about to hit 800 in the regular books. It was going to be a big deal because we'd gone back to the original numbering and had the original numbers on the cover. And I remember kids coming in and being like, oh man, I don't think I'm going to read 800 issues. And the, the main stake in that is that, well, you know he got bit by a spider, right? You know, Uncle Ben died, right? Then you're okay. Because, yeah, there's tons of nuance. There's tons of other bad guys. But as long as you understand the core of Spider-Man... You can pick up on each individual story that happens for an arc exactly. of four or five issues. Whole I got point. you. Yeah. Same thing with Batman. I got you. Same thing with Nightwing. Same thing with... Absolutely. Like, across the board. Across all comics, yeah. For most characters. Now, there are some that that's not the truth with. That's because every single rule has an exception. And and who is it? Spawn, maybe? No, in, in this Spawn in this conversation specifically, I'm looking for What's a specific that? name. Spawn would be harder. Yeah, that's what I. Th- yeah. He's well, he's a harder one to understand. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not talking about Spawn. But in this conversation, exp- conversation of Robins or Batman's or DC. What do you mean? In the DC conversation and 52 specifically, what character wasn't the wasn't written and portrayed as the proper version of himself? Well, I mean, Tim Drake's got the easiest. Okay, besides Tim Drake, short shortcutting in all of the stories. Uh, Superman? Exactly. That's my point. You tried to make Superman more relatable to the modern people, and it didn't work. And Grant Morrison is a 50-50 writer. No, he Grant Morrison a, didn't a, write... He was on writing action comics. Huh? Action comics he was, and there was old school Superman, and there was like wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt, 
Bone and that, he, was he was writing that one, but he wasn't writing the new, like, dark and standing in the shadows alien version of Superman. He wasn't writing that. Well, he, and he, it wasn't successful, and then they, they had to get rid of it. I think you're mixing Superman and Superboy together, but Superman, no, he, Superman he wrote, was being No, he wrote the, action comics. He wrote action, action, yeah. And action comics was Blue Jeans t-shirt with a cape, like mm-hmm. kind of a begin- origin story of Superman in the 52 realm. Well, timeline-wise... Because I, I, I read it. I read Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison's my guy. Costume is not. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't write the modern, like dark and brooding Superman. Man, what was going on in regular Superman? Unfortunately, part of it was the guys writing its hands were tied. I mean, George Perez did the first two story arcs, yeah. and then he quit. And it was he terrible. Didn't, like he didn't. That's not he Superman. Didn't that's have the options point. of what he was wanting to write because what was happening in the past with Grant and Grant dictating certain things. Like, there's a point. There's there's a batch of interview to George. And George is great. There's a batch of George George Perez. I have a story about that later. Remind me. So George Perez, there's an interview where he was asked about his his run in Superman, and he told a story about how he was trying to write part of a story where Superman went to the Fortress of Solitude, and what the editors came and told him is that, well, we don't know what the Fortress looks like yet. We don't know if it exists. And he said, what? And he said, well, it hasn't been outlined in Grant Morrison's stories yet, and we've asked him for information on that, and he hasn't responded. So instead, we had a room where a Superman's sitting in there with a computer, and the room's like all sort of silvery, and there's no answer to where he even is. So the same stuff happened, I guess, but they were trapped with not being able to say the fortress was a thing. And eventually, we did get the fortress, and it turned out part of it was on Earth and part of it was in space. And again, I don't hate Grant at all, but there's some of his books, like Batman Rip, I'm not a fan. Just not. The rest of his Batman Robin, fantastic. His Batman Nightwing Robin, or his Nightwing Batman with Robin. Also fantastic. Even that Green Lantern, which parts I had a hard time with, but majority of it I liked. So I, I do recommend his Hal Jordan, his, uh, which we reviewed on the show a couple different episodes. Yeah. Of it. And I liked all of it. So like, Brave and the Bold is Grant Morrison, right? Well, Brave and the Bold is a, but that's he did not a, he an did actual a, story arc. But he so. did a run of it, of, of Brave and the Bold, the title, right? Maybe. I think so. Like He did Batman and Robin a lot, and he did a lot of Batman. Uh, Brave and the Bold... Generally speaking, is a batch of mix match characters. It's not usually a Batman Robin story. It's right. not. Um, it's more of a for what they're going here eventually. So here, uh, let's finish up. Let's yeah. finish up Waller, and then we'll get to the next two, and then we can get to Batman. So Waller, I think we all decided that the aim that they're giving it sounds like good choices. Um, and as far as people leaking in, of course, I don't think he's going to fire his wife. So you know, we'll get some more hardcore, and that's fine. I wouldn't fire. Her. No, not at all. Um, next thing on the docket would be the authority, which we mentioned earlier. And I know me and Josh both read a bunch of the authority. So the idea of that, I have not, which I mean, does make sense as a thing since as a casual comic reader. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, this is more of the hardcore. Well, the way they started is totally different than where they are now. Okay. I mean, they originally started as being part of image comics. They weren't. Part of DC, Wildcats. I want to say Wildcats was Wildcats another part, different. but they were separate things. Okay, so Wildstorm was the Wildstorm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Wildstorm. Wildstorm was the imprint that was Jim Lee's imprint at Image Comics. Got it. So under the imprint of Wildstorm, there was a bunch of different stuff. Wildcats was one of those. The Authority was one of those. Stormwatch was one of those. Majestic. Majestic was one of those. So they, there was a whole handful of characters. Gen Thirteen was one of those. Uh, Oh gosh, the DV8 was one of those. So there's a whole bunch of things that fell underneath his his imprint at Image. When he came to DC, all those properties just came with him. So they all left Image and 
all those characters presumably became pieces of the DC universe. We haven't really seen many of them, and when we have seen them, they've been repackaged, sort of, um, in, including the Authority. At one point, there was, I think it was during either Rebirth or New 52, I can't remember which one it was, they did a story called Stormwatch. It was New 52. That's what it was. Called Stormwatch, and what it was is the Authority characters, plus Martian Manhunter. And the way the book is written was as if you already knew the characters from Stormwatch, or from uh, the Authority, and Martian Manhunter was a new guy, which made almost no sense at all. Because if you're a DC proper person, well, right. Martian Manhunter is who you know, who yeah. are all these other idiots? Founding member. Right. So as far as a thing, like what they were and where they came from versus where they are now is very different as a thing. And I get why they're doing this. I don't necessarily know if it's a good choice or not. And this is something me and Josh talked about the other night, too. And, I mean, he can tell you more about the authority. I mean, he, I, between the two of us, I would almost say he probably read more of it than I ever did. But, like, as a thing, the authority, I get why they, they're picking it, because if they can beat Marvel to anything, they can beat Marvel to having their own boys. And the boys came out a lot later than the original authority, but you could argue that part of the concept of the boys comes from the authority and what they are and how they behave is a lot more boys-like. And Marvel does not have a version of the boys. They just don't. They probably won't, to be honest which with make, you. Which, yeah. I mean, again, with their current tone, okay. I think as far as you get is your Deadpool, you know, and sure. that's, you know, a, still a, a, a comedy. A very different thing, yes. Yeah. And, like, even in that first, we, yeah, we, yeah, we were just talking about this the other day. Even that first, within the first two story arcs the, in the original Authority books, there's a point where the Authority, which you can say is knockoff Justice League, because they are, goes up against of terrorist types dressed in camouflage uniforms that are basically the Avengers, and they kill them, they kill the hell out of them. Um, so that way the Justice League can kill the Avengers. It's, it's a lampoon that became something more than a lampoon. Hmm. And, like, all the characters have a correlation somewhere to Justice League members. Whether it's the girl that has the wings, just like Hot Girl, whether it's Apollo, who is blonde Superman, that'll melt your face. Whether it's Midnighter, who is Batman, that'll break your spine before you ask right. your question. They are all embodiments of other characters repurposed. I guess the Hawkins would be the only one that doesn't have a direct match, but he's basically the Flash, except instead of speed... He gains strength and knowledge from the city. He uses feet to do it. Hmm. So that one's a little rougher. But as things, they all have matching points. And eventually, um, well, another one that I know me and Josh are both big fans of was Justice League Elite. Like, eventually DC made their own version of the Authority, which was Justice League Elites, which they actually got an animated movie. Uh, Superman versus the Elite. So, like, these characters have... <laughs> rip-off versions of each other throughout the universe. And this is supposed to be a live-action film? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to be another one of the big, 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 big movies. Um, and one of the other lists, when they try to categorize things by time, they were saying it's 2026, but I don't think that's an official thing. That actually 2026, not me missing the date, but, but that's what yeah. that group actually the, said. I think the only thing that got an official date was Superman. It's the only one that actually got one from James, yeah. And so, then our, 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 next, our next Batman. Right. Which... Excuse me, our next patent, our Pattinson. next Elseworld Batman. Elseworld Batman. Yeah. But that one's already when something's been on this shelf. Correct. So like, Correct. the Elseworld stuff has already had its own monikers and dates already, so they're, they're right. separate even in storytelling, but 
in time release. Because even the Joker is in Elseworlds and it has its own like release Correct. time. So yeah, when it comes to the authority, I don't necessarily know if it's the right choice, but I can see why they picked it. Authority, do anything for you, Josh? Is it live action like getting put into all that stuff? No. I mean, because be, I mean, when those characters are written, they're written based off of other characters, and just like like CBS said, you had Apollo, which is basically a the sun god, like a Superman powered being who was blonde, and then he was in love with the Batman character who was Midnighter, and they were the first like gay. I mean, I don't know if it's very first, but like the first big one, first gay like comic book character couple thing. It was like a big ordeal for being superheroes. I mean, Marvel just like and yeah, like Midnighter was just like so much more tough and so much more badass than than. And then once he became part of the DC universe, they're like, well, I can't really make him as, as cool as Batman because now we have, we have Batman. So then he had to depower them. Then he, we also have Superman. So you can't really have him as powerful as Superman. So you have to depower him. It's kind of like Majestic. You can't really have Majestic being as powerful as Superman because you have to, because you have Superman. Gotcha. It's just kind of like when you put them all in there. So where does it go? Why? Why? Yeah. It just, and I think it's odd that you put them in that, in the mix. And that's, that's, that's a James Gunn thing for sure. Like taking oddball characters and making them, yeah, the real violent, real crazy. Like that's that's why I'm just like, why is he being like, oh, all of a sudden, like he's. I've never once heard that guy talk about how how his love is Superman. I've never been a thing, and then all of a sudden he's just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make super, blah 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 blah. Go back to the basics, be, and then all of a sudden he's just like, but I also want to do the authority. It's like, uh, okay, you're just again, you're just. I, I think you're just wasting time. And I think, yeah, he's getting paid wasting time though. At least, well, I'm sure he got not, paid a nice. And like you could say, well, Brightburn, Bright, but Brightburn, his brothers are credited with making, but that's also during the time that he was whether he's going to be working at DC or, or sorry, was still during the time when his Marvel career looked like it was ending before the DC career started when Brightburn came out. So it's hard to say like it, what influence he had on that other than throwing money at it. Mm-hmm. But Brightburn is, you know, an evil version of Superman. So, I mean, that's what that kid is. It's still a great movie for a horror movie, but it's it. That's what it is. But yeah, as far as the thing, like, I don't like. I get the picking of the the authority because it fits a category that Marvel just doesn't have. And you're very well, well, well right. They may never have that at all. And I'm not sure if they need it. I mean, when yeah, they, yeah. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I, I'm. I, they might. Not, they might never. Never need that. I mean, right. they, they have the success with the, the the current formula they have, which is, I mean, not children oriented, but children friendly. Sure, you know, films that you can go see in the theater, and it makes billions and billions of dollars. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. So I get it. Well, like before, whenever, even uh, before, sorry, in other episodes, other shows, when we've talked about James Gunn taking things over, I, I know I've said it on multiple platforms. I wasn't sure if Peacemaker was the right tone for Superman. The authority, I guess you get both. Sure. You kind of get both. Sure. So, and again, I, I think I, I don't know. I understand why you picked it. I, I do. I just have a hard time believing that with the authority before the Justice League, if the authority exists in your universe, do you need a Justice League? And if, if you're going to do that, then the, the automatic lines between the two become the Justice League becomes a thing to take care of the authority. Sure. Which, I mean, that could lead to pretty cool things, and Gunn's done just fine with ensemble casts in the past. I mean, look at Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. 
He did just fine with it. Had he done the Eternals, would the Eternals be way better? No. I don't know. That thing was... I mean, they were never like characters anyway. Poor writing is poor writing. That's all right. It. If you wrote it, maybe. 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 So we'll, we'll have to see what that shakes out as. But as a thing, yeah. I, of all of them, I'm kind of like, I don't know about that. But I mean, it might be great. And people love the boys. So, I mean, you know, I guess we'll see. Well, the boys is good, though. Oh, I'm not arguing that, that it's not. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. As far as a thing, this tone is like the boys' tone. That's what I'm liking it to. Yeah, but the, with less humor. Like, the, the authority oh, sure. never had the humor. Um, I don't know. No, it, it didn't, though. Was, it was, yeah. uh, no, you're right. They were like a hardcore version of and it. Was, it was pretty much about business. Even with, what's the dude, the smoking, the guy that smokes with the black trench coat? It's not Manchester. It's the other, um, uh, I can't remember his name. Black. Uh, Something. Yeah, I don't remember his name. He was jovial, but it was jovial like Constantine is. Not like, because he's British and he would say things that were British witty type. Yeah, but that was just, that was just that's not comedy. Elite, Both of them were that way, though. They're both characters acted the same. Black is from the elite. In the yeah, authority, the I don't authority know what wasn't name. like funny, funny like that. It, it didn't have that. Like, again, again, I, it's been a long time since I read those books. So, as a fit, it I, they're not the same thing. It's the outlier. Area. What I'm saying is the style of show is the same style of show. It's the or same style of books. Is what I'm saying about it. What's next? Yeah. Um, so after that, uh, lanterns, plural. Lanterns? Yeah. Lanterns. Lanterns? I thought, what's lanterns? Uh, whatever he said. It. Lanterns. Yeah, there you go. Good job. The one about multiple green lanterns. You, I'm, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> lanterns. All right, Bert Crusher. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, it's supposed to be about John Stewart and Hal Jordan, and uh, the well, what James said about it is like true detectives with space cops. So this is smart, um, and this is where I caught on. Every one of these movies slash shows they compared to something that HBO Max already owns and or does that, that is was popular, that is popular and successful. Yep, very smart. And and True Detective, I think is great. I've only seen the first season, but I, I did love it. Um, and having a dynamic between Hal and uh, John Stewart, I think, would be awesome. And them, from what it sounds like, discovering some sort of secret that um, essentially threatens the entire this new universe. Um, that sounds great to me. Yeah, I think it's a neat way to put uh, your answer inside there. I'm, I'm hoping it's a black as night kind of problem, but... I've, I have a feeling I, it's more of a... Parallax. Yeah. I don't know if you can jump straight to Blackest Night without... It would have... Blackest Night would have to come way down the road. Oh, no, agreed. As uh, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see it. Evil content and whatnot. If Hal's already Green Lantern, then anything to do with Sinestro must be backstory. Correct. So, being that it's not an origin again, if they do write as an origin as a show, I'd not necessarily be sure if I like it or not. But if we start in progress where we already have Hal and John, they're already doing the job and... We get flashbacks of whatever. Cool. Because I always felt like Ryan Reynolds' movie missed where we have Sinestro, and Sinestro is amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. But he's not. Well, in Mark him. Strong's great. Yeah, well, it helps that Mark Strong yeah, is awesome. Mark Strong's great. But everything that they do with him in the movie is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And his use in the movie is minimal. Completely different than the comic yeah. books, and like you said, minimal. Minimal. So they, the failure there is they just didn't know how to tell an origin story and use the characters properly. And I like so much more the, again, the, the, uh, true detective aspect than what this started as years and years and years ago, which was, oh, it's a buddy cop show. 
Listen, uh, I, I think there's a time and place for that, and these aren't funny characters, in my opinion. Your Booster Gold is a funny character. You want right. to make, you want to bring Blue Beetle and make a buddy cop thing out of that? That's hilarious and will be funny and do well. This should be, especially if we're dealing with the entity of fear, which is Parallax or whatever threatens the entire this new DCU universe. Um, it, it should be semi-serious. I mean, it should be semi, not dark, but it sh- it, it doesn't need to be a, a barrel of laughs. Right. Well, yeah, I think that's a good idea, too. And he mentions others showing up in it, too. So that gives me the hope that we see cameos of a Guy Gardner or a Kyle Ryan or we'll see Kilowog. Kilowog. We'll see Kilowog and a couple other smaller. I don't know if you'll get Raynard. That would be that would be awesome, though. Well, depending how they build it, if it goes multiple seasons and we take the same format, we could easily switch to different characters in different seasons. Well, especially, yeah, if you take the same format as True Detective, that would actually be really smart. I can see that being a thing. Which, if that's the case, we start with the two OGs and then we move from there. Good to call. A Reiner and a uh, and a Gardner because that would be playing off each other would be cool too. I like that. So we'll have to see. But I I like anything getting. I know I, I know John Stewart's not before Gary Garner. We know you don't like John Stewart. Yeah, but paralyzed par- parallel wise, the appearances he's had in pop culture outstack Guy Gardner's appearances. Guy's also had a much rockier past where he was the warrior for a little while. I mean, John did give up and quit because he's sissy, but become paralyzed because he mentally paralyzed himself. So, I mean, PTSD, again, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I mean, as far as mess in the world is concerned, I get them picking who they picked. I just hope it likens to eventually getting the others because it'd be nice if we got the others. And I, I see if they do do it that direction. I would hope they would go to those guys next, but I think if that is the truth, probably who would actually show up next would be someone like Jessica Cruz, and I I like her just fine, but... Who's the other one? Baz? Baz. Baz, yeah. Between them, as far as all the stacks of the seven different Green Lanterns of Earth, she's the only one that fits that category, so I guess that's why I think we'll see her before we see the others, but I hope that we get others in general, and because he said others... As an appearance, I would hope that at some point we get some of each of them. But I could see it being that the first two wind up being these two. And we do it, if we're going to do it buddy cop style, or we do it true detective style, which is gritty buddy cop, then the next leg I could easily see is pairing Kyle with Baz, Kyle with John, Kyle with Jessica, because he could play off all those characters. Right. I don't necessarily think that Guy and Jessica would fit together well because her issues in general guy wouldn't help baz okay um he can fit anywhere in there. well he could fit with her too that's yeah. how they did the things in the books right i feel like he could fit with kyle too so as far as like pairing them with similar but not ex- similar entities so same thing with batman and superman you want sides of the coin that have the same coin but not the same style so i don't know i hope that's what happens but you got, with Hal Jordan and John Stewart, you got two, like, the more straight-laced guys. Like, one's an ex-architect, one's an ex-fighter pilot. There's, like, they're both very calculated, mathematical human beings. They're not opposite sides of a coin. They're just not. No, I'm not. sorry. They're not. I would like, say in style of the way they do things, they are. No. Hal's brass and random. Guys are... Uh, brash. Brash. Brass, brash, 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 brash and brass, random. Brass is a metal. Brass is a metal. Yeah, brash. Whatever. <laughs> You're good. He he's quick, quick to make decisions without thinking about them. 
Hal's definitely more emotional. There's no doubt about it. John is not. John's a military yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, and Hal. Architect Hal, by design, yes. Yeah. But John's a Marine. Yeah. John's a purposeful decision. Yeah, but they're both military men. They both That's do true. things a certain way. That's true. That, like, when, when you talk about opposites, you have like, if you have a guy Gardner, he, he's an, he's a he's proper a, I agree. opposite. I agree. That's true. That's guy true. Garner and Hal, and Hal Jordan and, or Guy Garner and, Guy Garner and anybody really. And John Stewart would be, would, would be, really be cool. opposites. Yeah. And the same with Kyle Reiner. Right. He's more of an opposite to all of them, to be honest. Because Kyle's the best. But Kyle is the best. Both, I agree. Both of them have bigger presences in pop culture than yeah, John, anybody else. John Stewart's a recognizable face. Yes. Everyone knows how I'll move forward. Right. Still think it'll be cool. Hopefully the budget's good. So I guess we'll see. Well, it's, it's been not, in development hell for a long time. Yeah, that's, so. the, that's the real problem. But at least they have, a, 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 like you said, what they had pitched it as before versus what they're pitching it as now are two different things. Yes. And I like the version now better than the version before. I agree. So, with you on that, for sure. Um, after Lanterns and Authority, then we get to, because I think we switched directions we were doing things. Lanterns are actually supposed to be theoretically before the Authority. But as far as pieces, the next two things that are on the list is either Paradise Lost, which is a TV series, or Brave and the Bold. Let's do Paradise Lost. Okay, so Paradise Lost. This is the Wonder Woman Avenue. The Wonder Woman show and the way they liken it, like you said, to other things they have. Game of Thrones. Right. That have done well and were popular. Now, I don't necessarily think that really means that we'll get what Game of Thrones is as Themyscira flavored. I think the truth about it is going to be the political posturing of how the world is stacked. Yes. It will, so that part, yeah. yes. It will be a fight for the throne, the crown, whatever. But as far as a rated TVMA, probably not. Right. Um, but they will be kind of, uh, I'm guessing, because they, they're, they're, they're trying to get Gal still involved. Right. Which, again, at the presser day before, he you know said, hey, we're trying to get Gal involved. We're not sure, but we are working on it. Um, so ha- having Gal involved and, uh, gosh, who played her mom in Wonder Woman? Uh, I don't remember. She was fantastic. Yeah. Anyways, it, but uh, essentially the hierarchy of what's happening on Themyscira, on Themyscira and having everybody kind of fighting to take control of the Amazons is, is, is a compelling story. I think, I think it'd be neat as far as a thing. I, as far as stories, there's a batch of stories that deal with, uh, Paradise Islands and, uh, the more recently we did a batch of stories dealing with who was in charge and who had the who was the queen effectively. Um, these are not the same stories I think this will be based off of, and there's not really a a full match as a story that matches the titling. Mm-hmm. But as far as the thing, I think that's more likely what it'll be. And if that's the case, and we get a handful of these other Amazons, I could see that leading to Artemis making appearances makes sense because she's part of the original cast. She's the Outcast that you know does things differently. I think we can get Yara from there, mm-hmm. the uh, Brazilian Wonder Woman. I think we can get her from there. I don't know if we get Donna Troy. I don't know if Donna Troy makes any sense anywhere. Probably not. I mean, I think she's fantastic, but I don't think she makes sense. And she's she she she's just got such a messy story. So I don't necessarily know if that would mean that. But developing some of the stories that have recently happened, where we learned a little bit about what happened with the boys that are born on Themyscira Island, because there mm-hmm. are some. Mm-hmm. That was interesting stuff, and I have a feeling that if anything is going to include any of that, it would be this avenue of show, because you could spin that as another part of Absolutely. the secret seediness of the island. So, I, I still, again, don't think it'll be something that goes crazy like Game of Thrones is, 
but the avenue of control of power and who is in control being a big part of it makes a lot of sense. It does. So, I mean, I think that's neat. Um, it'll be interesting to see, and again, if it's presented in, in, in whatever way it's presented, it will determine whether it's any good or not. It can't be worse than 84, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm going to say that's probably true. Let's hope not. I mean... Let's hope not. God, right. Yeah, crazy. Anyway, so, I mean, that's all I really have about that. I mean, we don't know anything more about it, really. We, there's not any names aligned with it, other than just a, a template title. And knowing what, in theory, it's about, we don't really know much more. So, unless you guys have any other opinions on that thing, then... Nope. Nah. Okay. Um, well, then after that, we have Brave and the Bold, which is the Batman in the proper continuity of the universe movie. So unlike the Battinson, which is his own Elseworlds movies now, and anything that would to do with the Joker if they ever got a Batman being Joaquin Phoenix Joker, totally separate too. So this is supposed to be the first of the Batman in continuity. And the interesting step about it is we're jumping straight to Damien. And that leads to Grant Morrison's stories, which again, we talked about that earlier. And Grant, for his Batman stuff, save or rip, I like almost all of it. Rip, I hate a lot. But I like almost all of his Batman Robin, whether it was Grayson's Batman or whether it was Bruce's Batman. I don't know if I like jumping straight to Damien, but I'm going to say why I understand that is because if you are trying to line yourself up with what currently is happening in books, Damien has been the Robin since 2010. So, I get it. He did mention that we have other people show up. And I, if you're going to start with the Nightwing as Nightwing, okay. You give the backstory in a flashback, move forward, Nightwing has a movie, okay. Red Hood, same thing. Better. Better do that Red Hood thing. That's all I'm saying. If I, you're going to start with Damien, don't get me wrong, I love Damien. I think he's great. I think he's an awesome Robin. <coughs> I love that he's, you know, is the some you know the grand son of the head of the demon i think that's so cool i, I love that he's his mom i think he's this uh, what did he call him a, a little murderous sob i think on the right, on the thing right, yeah which is like it's, it's great yeah. and the dynamic back and forth between hey you can't kill people and you know damien saying i i do what i want right. you know it is cool however if you're going to skip three other proper robins bro yeah <laughs> that bat right. that bat family better already exist it better. Uh, it, 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 you can pull off a Nightwing movie at that point. So I again, I, I'm mad, but I also am like, okay, I see where you're going, but you have to do it right. You want to do that? Under the Red Hood can be made as a, as a live action film. I, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Do it. Yeah. Make a Nightwing story about him going to Bloodhaven and the back and forth, and eventually you could get for uh uh uh, uh what is it uh Battle for the Cowl. Which is fine if that's what you choose to do, but you 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 have to establish that the Bat Family already exists. Otherwise, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be so upset. Going, wait a minute, you're telling me that Damien's the only Robin that exists in this world? I'm gonna go bananas. Right? It'd be uh, not yeah. It'd be it'd be very aggravating if that's that winds up being the case. And because of the way he mentions other characters showing up as just a blase statement. I think it leaves enough avenue in there that the others make sense as their own thing. I don't know what that leaves Tim. I don't know if that means a Tim movie. I don't know if that means a Red Robin movie. I would like that that was the case, but 
of the group of them, I, it makes me wonder what exactly their plan is. Because right now, currently in the comic books, Tim is Robin. Damien is also Robin, even though neither one of them run around with Batman. So they're both Robin. And that's fine. It's okay. During New 52, we started out with making Tim Drake Red Robin and pretending like he was never Robin, just always Red Robin, which brings the burger commercials up. But as far as the namesake, that didn't matter. And in the old books, before we got to New 52, we let Tim get a little older. We gave him his own cowl, he had Mm -hmm. his own costume look, and it was so cool. It was cool. But New 52, we dialed the dial back on everybody and we moved forward with, you know, everybody being younger again. I don't know what that leaves for avenues with the other characters. And like you said, if it is something where we open up the door and we're like, ah, here's uh, Damien. And Alfred's like, I don't know if it's a good idea to ever have a sidekick, Batman. You've never had one before. I'm going to be kind of, I'm not going to be happy. Um, no, I'm not going to be happy at all. I have a feeling that most fans, I mean, like, yeah, like I Josh said earlier, if you don't listen to fans at all, then you're making huge mistakes. And I don't see Gunn doing that. I really don't. And if he has full con- creative control, then do it. And, and so, again, I go back and forth because I'm like, if you do that, I'm going to be so mad. But if you do it properly and we get the Bat family, that's exciting. Sure. If I get to see Red Hood on the silver screen, I'm going to lose my pajamas i'm gonna go nuts <laughs> i couldn't think of a nice word to say there i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna be so excited but it it, it needs to be done properly I, I like the title i think it's smart again we said the same thing with superman or at least you know you agreed with me casting is key right. in this scenario um it's super important you cannot mess this up because we can't soft reboot again we just can't we can't we can't if you mess up chapter one bro we're 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 we're, we're done DC's going to get bought by Disney and then it's over. <laughs> I'm just saying. You, you know, you're not, you might not be far away. I know. Place. I know. It's a good possibility. I, I don't know. We'll see. As far as Shakeout, at least you picked a good writer to try to shape things off of. When it comes to Batman stuff again, like I, Graham Morris, I know, is one of Josh's favorite, favorite writers. And when it comes to his Batman stuff, I hate Batman Ripped. I hate it. But I love all the Batman Robin stuff and all of his. His Batman, like again, regardless of which Batman it was, I thought all that stuff was great. I mean, Grant made so many cool new bad guys: the Flamingo, uh, the Professor Pig. Like, there's so many cool Professor bad guys was he created during that little that little genre of time that was great. And the stuff he did with the Joker was really good. So, as, as far as stories are concerned, like all that stuff was great. Batman Inc. Different story and completely separate. Right. Has nothing to do with this because right. Batman Inc. While I did like it, didn't fit anywhere. But that is beside the point. When it comes to Grant Morrison's legacy of Batman, there are so many pieces in there that you can use and mix together to make a cool story that it, he picked the right picked the right one to probably be as a starting catalyst. Well, and the dynamic that Grant Morrison writes between Robin and Bruce is amazing. Right. So, so following that that layout, I don't know if you can. I don't. I don't think you can go wrong. I don't with think it. you can go wrong. Yeah. Thank you. I know everyone wants the Court of Owls, and that's Scott Snyder. And Scott Snyder did some fantastic Batman too. I'm not saying that it's not. Again, of writers, I love all of his Batman except for Volume Six. The rest of it, I love. Volume Six, not a fan of. Not sorry, he's not six. Sorry, uh, the last volume. Yeah. Six is a uh, Graveyard Shift, which he didn't write all of Graveyard Shift. So as a trade, it makes sense. It does not the best, but it's because he didn't write all of it. Is it eight? Yeah, I think, I think so. It's eight, yeah, because yeah, it goes eight volumes. Yeah. Right? So the last volume, yeah. eight. I don't like his ending, but... I didn't mind it. And I've been told I'm wrong. It's been a long time since I've read it, though. 
But as far as things, I don't think the Court of Owls is the right place to start either. No. And since we're trying to make the universe line up together, if we're starting with a Batman, or if we're starting with a Superman that's younger in his initial appearance, I guess, than Henry Cavill, but not like kid Superman. Correct. First day of the Daily Bugle, or Daily Planet, sorry, Daily Planet. If that's the time frame we're aiming at, which is what he's acting like it's going to be, is it weird that Batman's got Robin first and Damien first? I don't know. I guess you're saying Batman's been doing it for years, then okay. That's where the other boys fit. I just think if there's anyone that gets completely cut out, it's probably going to be Tim Drake. I agree. I, I can see the other two floating their own movies. And I'm not saying we couldn't do a Red Robin movie and be, and be just fine. But again, Josh has said a million times, like he's the one that got shortchanged the most of all those characters. And it's unfortunate, and I I agree with you because I do think that Tim would be unfortunately fall would fall from the by the wayside. Right. And that's that's a bummer. I don't. Nobody wants that. What do you think about all that Batman nonsense? I'm over the Batman stuff. I told you guys this a million times. So I mean, we'll we'll have to see where it goes. I mean, I'm just like at this point, like. Do you at least like the tiling? I mean, I think Brave and the Bold. No, no? not at all. <laughs> oh man, Brave and the Bold's right. like Adam West era stuff. There was the Brave and the Bold cartoon, and it mm-hmm. was very Adam Westy. Oh, that's so true. I don't, yeah. I don't even, I don't even like the title. I didn't even think about that. Does it make you happy that mm-hmm. most of this DC? I, I know you're not thrilled about most of it, but that most of this DC lineup isn't Batman centric. It's not completely surrounded about Batman. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's got a point. The okay. super, the, and the Superman Legacy thing, there was a Superman Legacy like like run in the 90, 91, 92, 93. Was there? I thought so. And it was all basically like a bunch of it was called Superman Legacy and it was all the people who took up like took up the like the, the, oh, the mantle outside of him to help after he Okay. So it was like Gangbuster and Guardian and all them. Yeah. So, so I mean, it I don't know. I just don't know. Huh. Like again, I think it's all garbage. I think it's going to be stupid. I think you had the you had the answer in your hands all along, and they're not going to do it because it wasn't their idea. Which is Dark Knight. Well, Henry Cavill. Oh, oh, oh! You mean Superman? I think no. I think the whole DCU. Yeah, yeah. Which is like you have. You've said you've said multiple times that that they should have followed Nolan's ideas. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you were referring to. And like, even even if they got Superman like Man of Steel wrong just a little bit, like by making him do dark and stuff. Later on, he was less that way. And they did make him less that way, ex- except when he came back from the dead. But like, I, I think that you, you have the foundations for like great cinema. If you just follow the formula that's been written for decades and they're, and James Gunn, I think is trying to just be too smart for his britches. And I think he's going to ruin it. I think he's going to end up getting fired and it's going to fall apart. So that's just my opinion. I, I just well, I was I, trending I that day. Fire James Gunn. I mean, not everyone is happy about this. So it is interesting that we have two sides of the table here. I'm middle of the road. I think CBS is kind of excited for certain things. Yes, yes. and I think that you're uh, on the other side, going, "I'm not interested in any of this. None of this. None of this appeals to me." Well, here's here's my thing, Mike, and, and this and this isn't uh, this isn't negative in any way, shape, or form. Any comic book publicity, any like. Big screen stuff, anything that draws attention to comic books benefits CBS's line of work, which is a great thing. And that needs to happen because, but here's the deal. Kids don't read anymore. They just don't. Kids who do read are going to read. 
The kids who don't read aren't going to start reading just because. So, and it's getting worse and worse. It really is. In the old days, that's all there was to do. But now there's five second, 10 second TikTok videos that that's what, that that's what entertains them. If it's longer than 15 seconds, I have people, I have kids that, that, that work for me that just, they haven't, they can't sit and watch a movie because it's too long. They haven't seen Empire Strikes Back because it's too long. Empire Strikes Back is an hour and a half. It's like 138 minutes. Yeah. It's too long for them to sit because they don't have the attention span. So there's going to be kids who love to read and they're going to continue to read. And this goes back to the conversation I had earlier. This is Conexus. Like there's going to be like, Unfortunately, comic books are never going to be a mainstream multi-million dollar a year. Uh, unfortunately for CBS, you're not going to be a rich millionaire. Like the, like the books, the books. Yeah, yes. we so, want you to be a millionaire, though. To be to be fair, we we do. But preaching the choir. <laughs> but the thing is, is it's never going to happen. Not because you're you have a bad business model, but no. because you are a comic book store. Because what it is, it's just what like it is, re- yeah. and it's just like records. And I use records as an example. It took a lot of years for people to realize, yeah, CDs sound amazing, but the, and the artworks, like, it's a little bit bigger, but like once, once people started being able to get digital versions of songs and singles and things like that, like, everybody's like, oh, nobody buys a whole record anymore. Well, even in the old days, singles were a thing. 45s were a thing. thing. I mean, that's. And very popular. But records outsold CDs for the last, like, well, I mean, obviously the last, like, 10 years. But, I mean, it's been a minute. CDs just don't exist anymore. They, I mean, some people buy CDs still, but they just, they're not a thing anymore. They just aren't. CD players aren't a thing in vehicles anymore. They're, nope. just, they're, they're pointless. But people love vinyl. But the people who love vinyl, they love it for the artwork. And they love it for, like, the nostalgia. And they love it for the warmth and the collecting and, like, there's still people who, no matter what happens with digital comic books and movies and TV shows and all the way down the list of down to five second TikTok videos, there's going to be people who just love comic books. So this goes back to what you were talking about earlier as far as the collector and who's. So, so wh- they need, exactly. Right. So they need to direct this their, towards, yep. To the, to us, to, to the adult collector, to the yep. people who want to it. the adult collector. Good, good point. And the thing is, and, I don't know if this does that. That's my point. I don't know if this does this. It won't. I don't blame. I don't know if that does that. Good, Josh. That's a, that's extremely something I didn't think of. Very. I don't know. Not that I'm the smartest guy in the room, but this this is the conversation I had (laughs) on the phone the other day. That was the ending of that. I was just like, that's what, that's what needs to happen. Cause you're not going, yeah, you can write brilliant, wonderful, beautiful stories, but nobody cares about an orphan from another planet who was raised by brilliant parents to love and care about everyone and everything to never to, to just do what your heart should tell you to do the big blue boy scout. No, like nobody cares about that anymore. They just don't. In this day and age where everybody needs to love and everybody needs to be more love and compassionate. They're all full of crap because Superman is the ultimate version of that and they don't they don't want that they still want to watch on the big screen a chick with clown makeup who like smashes people with a gigantic hammer so they're full of crap when they say they want love and compassion because they don't because superman doesn't sell even though superman is the greatest superhero of all time he just is and even batman 
who who Batman is who he is, but he still doesn't kill. He's not a murderer. And so that's why people like James Gunn bring in the authority. I'm like, he's doing it because it's going to sell tickets. Sure. Because people want to see a version of Batman and a version of Superman be gay together and murder people. That's what they want to see. They, uh, that's, that, I, that, that's what will sell tickets. I don't agree with that because technically Batman v Superman had di- didn't sell that many tickets. And Bruce they, was Bruce was killing people left and right in that film. So I don't know if that's what they want to see. Grant, granted, that's how many years ago? Now, I don't know, 10? 10, 10, 12. Granted, that, that, that's, a, that's a long time ago. So I, 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 I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Well, technically, he, he doesn't, though. He absolutely kills people. In, in that Batman vs. Superman, there, well, but there are a few. as a character, he doesn't. Right. Yeah. As the, as the books are concerned, in the, in that movie, there are happenstance deaths. He didn't straight up shoot a dude. You're right. It's not a focus on, yeah, so, I come up and shoot you with a 9 yeah, millimeter in the forehead. I mean, like the authority, I'm sure, you know, will. The, he tossed back the grenade. Yeah, he definitely did. So that's pretty questionable. Uh, did he cause one guy to shoot the other guy? Oh, he definitely did. But that's in that movie. And yeah, it's, it's different than what authority is. But yeah, I mean, that's the same thing we talked, we talked on the phone for a minute about. You've made a really good point, Josh. That's going to stick with me for a while. I'm glad you said that. It's good stuff. That is really good. It gives me a very different perspective on this whole lineup. Again, I'm middle of the road on this. There are things that I'm like, okay, I'm excited. There are things I'm like, I, I can do without that. But ultimately, you're absolutely right. You need to be focused on the people who are going to buy tickets to this and who are excited for that. Kids, they're not excited for this. Well, and the next thing on our list, I say begs that that's what you're aiming at. I mean, Booster Gold getting a show. Kids don't know who Booster Gold is. The only people who know who Booster Gold is is people like us in this room. Right. Like Booster Gold is not a household name by any means. And you talked, and 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 even you, CBS talked about talked about the Booster Gold of like today, but like Booster Gold right. of then is what he's talking about. The Booster Gold of the strip mall, Justice League International. That's what he's talking about, and that's the that's yeah. the booster gold they're trying to sell. It does make me question. And it's just that. like, and that's the that's the that's the blue beetle I want to see. I want to see Guy Gardner from the Green Lantern show crossover with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, and I want to see Batman show up and punch Guy Gardner in the face. I want to see those <laughs> things, awesome. but it's not going to happen. I don't think. Yeah, you know, like these not, things not fit together, like- and they can do the right thing, but they're I think they're they're just. If he, I would love to see his brain the same way I would love to have seen John Favreau's brain of like, this is my ultimate goal in making the Marvel Cinematic Universe work. I want to see one main character and I want to go from there. And, and I, I, I have to jump in here because this is the exact same thing that I'm, I'm still middle of the road on. You either had to start over or you continued Snyder's version because you had the blueprint. Okay. They didn't do either. No. That and and that again, uh, to me, to me, but, that is but, a that but, is a setup for failure. But I also think it's not even Snyder's version. I think it's Nolan's. Sure, well, agreed. That's fine. You can take either or. It doesn't matter. But a soft reboot, as far as this is concerned, does not necessary is not necessarily a blueprint for success. It's not necessarily going to continue and do and do a thing. You, if you wanted to start over, if they said, "Okay, we're going to get gun, we're going to do this, let's start over, let's focus on a character, Superman, great, Batman, whatever, let's do two films, see how it goes, and we will build a world from there like Marvel did." And they did the the, the again. There's another blueprint you can follow. You don't have to be exact. 
you can follow that blueprint and start with a character and continue that out. And they started with a character who wasn't even that popular. You know, he's become a lot more popular, but regardless. Yeah, but at the time, Iron Man wasn't popular. Agreed. He just Agreed. wasn't. True. This, this is a quick fix. Warner Brothers has done it again. Congratulations. You wanted to quick fix for the past three generations of these films. You did it when you chose not to continue with Nolan's verse, and now you've done it when you didn't want to continue with Snyder's verse. You're making the same mistakes a third time, in my opinion. Will this work? Maybe. Am I excited about a couple things? Sure. Is it going to make the money that Marvel will? Never. And there, there are good characters here. There are good ideas here. There's amazing films. This Swamp Thing film could be incredible and could do gangbusters and be an awesome film. But ultimately, you're, it's a patch job. Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's, it's one of those things. We still have to wait to see how it all shakes out, but it, that could easily turn out to be the truth. I got a little passionate there. I'm so sorry. No, you're <laughs> good. But every, but every time you wait for things to shake out, they don't shake out. They um, just don't. So far, that's true. So that the thing is, I still yeah, think there's a couple things that be out. We'll see how it goes. Nah. No, we can't stop it anyway at this point in the game. Right? It's like they already gave permission for them to do a Joker 2 and like the Matt Reeves Batman. Like, okay, well, we'll just call those Elseworlds because they're never going to fit in to the... Which this, I this think continuity. that makes sense. It makes sense, but you could have gone with that world too. There's it's, a fourth yeah. option. Okay, but then you're doing a movie with Batman, Matt Reeves is Batman, but then you're also doing a movie for the DC cinematic universe that's Batman, and then like, so wait a minute, what what's what's this Batman versus this Batman? It's stupid. People will be confused. There's no doubt. And about it's it. stupid. People yeah, it's, will be confused. It's been a constant problem always. I mean, just I mean, we talked about this a million times have, on here. It's like if somebody's like, you know what? I want to make a different Iron Man film, and it's gonna be Tom Cruise instead. It's gonna be a little bit darker, and he's gonna have a drinking problem, and we're gonna do it this way instead. But we're it's gonna it's gonna run right next to like the Robert Downey Jr. version. But we're going to do it different just because we want to, to make right. more money off of this character. That's literally what they're doing. I'm, I don't disagree. I don't necessarily feel like the Batman is the right universe regardless. But the fact is the movie's already moved as far as it has. So I get them finishing what they've started. I never thought the Joker 2 made sense anyway. It 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 does after you looked at the Joker made a billion dollars. Well, that's true. That's it. They make a lot of money. That's it. I, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's the pieces that matter. I feel like this Brave and the Bold is so far away, though, that by the time we get the Battinson two, and the Joker movie out of the way, this will be farther down the road, hopefully far enough that people can see the separation. Well, Battinson's getting a third, so oh, is he? Yes, that's oh, already agreed. That's crazy. It's in his contract. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was a third. I wasn't aware of that. Either direction. Hopefully, it's separate enough that people can make sense for it being separate. But you can even explain to people that Brandon Ralph's Superman movie was supposed to replace Superman 3. People can understand that. So maybe, maybe it will just be a train wreck once we get there. And that's a good possibility. It, it is again. It, I'm in the middle of the road, but it is a patch job, right? I certainly certainly hope that's not the case. I'm super excited to get any kind of booster gold, anything. So that's cool. I think the truth of the matter is the way he said it about booster gold being a yuck yuck idiot will eventually have both versions of what he is now versus what he was then. I hope, but we don't know enough about it to know entirely what it'd be. That's my initial fear. But as far as the thing it happening at all, 
I think is a fan reach, not a business reach because of what Booster Gold is. Um, the next one along, I think, is also a fan reach. It the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. That's a series that just came out. It's Tom like, King. It, yeah, Tom King. Um, the artist on it was, uh, oh, Bill Quest Everly did the art for it. And it, it's a book that finished less than a year ago. It's great. The art's beautiful in it. It's, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I get what you're saying, but also very different they, than anything else. But when they did the reboot and they took away the weird, like, angel, like, not whatever version she was of Supergirl and brought back the proper Kara, like, the, the proper after, I mean, cause we hadn't, there was a, there was a span which you don't remember, T Brown, but like, like, Crisis Infinite Earths, there was like his cousin, there was Kara. And then the, after, then they did, there was a long section where there was a Supergirl, but she was like this weird, not really Supergirl. She was like- The in, brunette? Is, no, she- no. So not Power Girl? No, it wasn't even Power okay. Girl. Power Girl toy separate. Right. She wasn't even, but she wasn't even a brunette. She was blonde hair. It was Lex Luthor 2's girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. And it's okay, just like, yeah. it was just a whole thing. And she was just like a shapeshifter. And it was like, it didn't even make a lot of sense. And then all of a sudden they just kind of did away with it and they brought back- Kara Zor-El. Yeah. And it's just like, it makes sense because she was like, Michael Turner drew the whole thing when she first showed back up. Right. Where she like, she was in a ship way longer than, than Cal was. And then Lent crash landed. And, um, she was just like, she was a teenager basically when she left. Krypton, I think this, I think the story is very similar for the Tom King version of this, right? Woman of Tomorrow. There, there are pieces that are similar, yes. This story has a few other twists to it, part of which comes from her being younger and comes from the original story. In this, she spent some other time off-world, um, growing and learning things, but she's still basically trying to figure out how she fits because she shows up on Earth and her brother's this, or her cousin is this rock star and she's like, I don't know where I fit at all. And part of the storyline in his story had to do with her growing up on a chunk of Krypton, Krypton that floated away, right? Right. Yeah. And the time she spent there, she wound up seeing most of everyone else die around her. Um, when we come with the the core part of the story, that's part of it. The series ran eight issues, so it's not super long. But part of the story is while she's out in the universe, she doesn't know where she fits, and she's trying to figure out who she's supposed to be. And she comes across this other girl, um, a character named Ruthie. R-U-T-H-Y-E, Ruthie. And uh, Ruthie is in the process of hunting down the murderer of her father. And she is bound to determine to kill this murderer. And she's aligned herself with a few space pirates, because that's what they fly around as a pirate ship. And uh, Supergirl elects to go along with her to try to show her maybe this isn't the right choice. And to help Ruthie maybe decide that the revenge angle isn't the best option for her. So same as like when Batman took Dick Grayson under his under his wing, or, or same thing with with uh, the the twist towards uh the twist towards initially Grayson wanting to kill too, and then him learning from Batman that's not the right way to be, and then being better than Batman. But but again, it's the same thing that's happened from the start. She's a, she's basically an older version of Superman when she, when she shows up on Earth, but she's younger now because he's been on Earth for a lot long and she was right. traveling through space. And she was in like cryogenics or cryostasis or whatever. It's just like, it's, they're going to do something with it, which is interesting. They're bringing Supergirl into the whole equation so quickly. But again, 
Why? Because you have her show up in the Flash. Uh, well, hopefully it's not the same version. I mean, I guess we'll see because the Flash does have a version of her. That that that's they, they haven't said. That's true. That's a good question. It's hard to say what she'll look like, what the style will be. If it's the same actress and the same character, then that'd be okay. If it carries forward, I guess. If she does good, then it would be cool. Then you have her show up in the Flash, and then you have an origin story of what happened to her and how she got there or didn't get there because it resets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Depending on how it fits together. Yeah, it's confusing. I just think it's interesting that we picked this story because it's such a recent story. I think, he's, like, just, I think he's just using it as an example. Well, they're calling it by the namesake and saying that it's supposed to be based off Tom King's story. Now, is it possible that we get twists in there? Sure. At 100%. You could easily shortcut part of it or cut part of it out. Because the main brux of the story is her traveling with that girl trying to hunt down the killer of the father. And they do eventually. And as far as a thing, she does eventually convince Ruthie that's not the right choice. Um, God, without spoiling the entire end of the story, uh, things have an interesting twist in the last book. Nobody cares if you ruin it. I mean, if, if people do, I guess cl- close your ears now. Because she eventually convinces the girl that's not the right choice, and then we shift narrative to where we find out the story is being told from Ruthie's point of view, because Ruthie is an old woman who decided to write herself a book. A book about the time she met Supergirl. And at the end of the book, she writes the story in a way that Supergirl actually kills the father, actually kills the, the guy they're hunting. And the reason that she did it was in order to keep, cause Supergirl tells her to. Supergirl, Supergirl says, I'm super powered. I can, I can deal with all these. Cause the guy that she's hunting, he's part of a, like a, a rogues group of pirate, of space pirates. And so they fear repercussions from those pirates. And rather than have Ruthie have to worry about being hunted down her whole life. Well, I'm sure there probably won't be space pirates in this movie. Say but. that, well, they don't look like straight. They don't, I mean, that's just, they do fly a ship. But as a thing, the way the story ends versus the, uh, the end all be all of what they're doing in the movie, I don't necessarily feel like all those pieces will be in there, but it's a namesake for something really recent and they do talk about it being Tom King's version. So is it going to be the same? I would say no. Is it interesting that that's the thing we're aiming at? Sure. I think that's. A very interesting. It's a pretty well-liked story. He also talked about the architects on the press day beforehand, and Tom King is on that board. So the architects are the people who are <clears throat> writing slash a part of the um, DC, whatever's going on in the DCU, and Tom King is on that board of people. Gotcha. So like the Cabal of Marvel, the uh, DC uh, architects. Interesting stuff. I mean, uh, after that book, that, or after that storyline, the next thing that's on the list is Swamp Thing, and that was just a, an ending of what they've given us now, because like you said, this is only a chunk of what is supposed to be the Gods and Monsters storyline. This is ten of we don't know how many for chapter one. Uh, right. I think Swamp Thing would be cool. I, I think it could be great. <clears throat> Does it fit with all these things? Well, he what, did, he did some say some of these was... things don't belong here. If all If they're all supposed to connect... Right. How they connect is... This is going to be a wild way to connect things. True. He did say that the Swamp Thing was its own own thing also, but it would overarchingly connect. Tonally, it's its own thing. Right. Way. So the tone of it is a horror film. Right. Um, which, I mean, if you look at Alan Moore's stories, which are the most popular sure. of those, that does fit that. And if you look at the Jeff Lemire stories, it also fits that, too. Wasn't James Wan's, uh, the one that was on DC Universe, wasn't that, wasn't he... Oh, his uh, TV his series? His TV series, yeah. It... 
I, you know, I guess it does fit that tone yeah. too, actually. Yeah. So all three of those things have that marring to them. I mean, when it comes to stories, the stuff that's most sought after, of course, is Alan Moore's stuff, just because of what it is. But I'd argue that Jeff Lemire's stuff was so good. Now, granted, it is stuff that came afterwards, so you have to lean it being from the other stuff. But yeah, as far as a movie or a series or whatever, it, I think it lands on the movie side. I actually didn't say that, so I don't know which one it is. It's a film. Is it a film? Okay. So if it's a film, then it being the first horror movie film of the group, so be it. Whether that actually connects to everything else or not, who knows? But like you said, it's a wild roadmap, so who knows? Just in general. Not to it say is, who knows too many times, but who knows again. Yeah, it is a wild <laughs> idea that, again, he came out specifically saying, the DC Universe is never connected, we're going to make it connect, here's what we have, and you go, how are you going to do this? <laughs> right. That is, a, that is a good question. I, I, as far as things, I mean, that's that's all the, the, the movies listed so far. The man's done just fine, and the rest of the stuff he's done, that doesn't necessarily mean he's He's the end all be all of he's all the He's never answers. done this. But he, exactly. He's, he's, never, he's never, never done, done this. this. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, when they first announced Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought, seriously? I love the Guardians. But I thought, okay. And it went really well. But like you said, this is a very different thing than that. Yeah, but when they announced the Guardians of the Galaxy, you weren't, you weren't doing it because you were like, I don't trust James Gunn to do Guardians. You're just like, That's true, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy are a little like... Small characters, yeah. Oh, off, right. but, they've, off. but the thing with Swamp Thing is, they've already done a Swamp Thing TV show, even though they canceled and a, and a movie. it and didn't finish it. When's the movie? 88? Well, there's, yeah. there's a movie and there's a full TV series. Oh, that's right. seasons. So back in the 80s, there was a full-on movie right. that led to TV series, and that did connect because we have the same actor that played mm-hmm. both parts and the same actress that played the love interest right. until they killed her. But as a thing, all those things back in the 80s have nothing to do with anything else. But you're right. The TV show, had it not had all of its financial issues with the state they were filming in, I, th- I think they would have finished it. And I don't feel like those shows were bad. Like I, I liked them just fine. The DC Universe stuff? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 the, but again, whoop, they, whoop, thought, they thought him a popular enough character to do that back then. Sure. True. That's right. Yeah. That's, That's right. what I'm saying. It's just like, so if they're going to make it, like, if they're going to make a superhero horror film, cool, whatever. Like, do whatever you're going to do. But again, it doesn't, like, it's not because he's not a popular enough character. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're so saying. Like, that's, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. But like, coming to, like, coming back to James Gunn, I don't think James Gunn understands what he's gotten himself into. I think he's in over his head. I may be the the Monday morning quarterback sitting here on my armchair saying what, like, I could do it better. But you know what? I could do it better. I could. I know what I could do, and I know I can make it better because, like, we've done it in this room multiple times. We have. And I think that, like, what people want to see is what we would have made it. And he's trying to be, I feel like he's trying to do things his way to be like, I'm going to do it this way because it's going to be the right way, just like Zack Snyder did, just like Chris Nolan did. And certain people can do that on a certain scale. Chris Nolan didn't want... This this task was offered to Christopher Nolan, Mm -hmm. and he said no because he could not handle the task at hand. There's very few men in this world, or women, I don't... Whatever. There's very few human beings in this world that could handle this task. 
and we're seeing it be done by certain people and they continue to have success doing it. And those are the people who are going to continue to do it. And those are the people you need to look for. Not somebody like James Gunn. He did fantastic with Guardians because they're a niche, crazy, off-the-wall group of people. And he made them fit into a bigger universe. But he didn't create the bigger universe. Somebody else was in charge of that. He was just in charge of making that group of miscreants be successful. That's why I think, you know, uh, what's his face? The the TV show he did. Peacemaker. Peacemaker, Peacemaker was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. It's great. But he's like a secondary, tertiary character like Absolutely. He's, he's so like far down the line like it's so far down the line oh, that's true you know that's why he has very few it's not because like appearances. like if you're going to do a superman and a batman and a aquaman any wonder woman any flash any green lantern anything on the big screen it has to be done by people who understand the characters and love them but also can make films yeah well that's true it has to be a little bit of both and maybe green lantern is better based Better off being a TV show. Maybe it is. It it may be it may be so off the wall and so much crazy that it has to be kind of like a TV show. I don't know. The Ryan Reynolds thing yeah. was a nightmare. Obviously, oh for sure. Yeah, with with that stuff, I I think TV show fits better for it because we get more avenues and we can use other characters around the whoever the main is. And we can shift it to where we deal with other pockets at the same time. So we don't get limited to one character trying to make it all one character. When it comes to the movie that came out with Ryan Reynolds, I just don't think those people wanted to make Green Lantern. I think they wanted to make Sinestro War. And they're like, oh, we have to make a movie to get there? Okay, well, here you go. Let's shortcut. No, I don't think that at all. I think that it was some people who got a lot of money to make a movie, and they just made a movie based off of a name and thought they could make a lot of money off of it. I don't think they had. I don't. I don't think the people who wrote or had anything to do with that film wanted to do anything. Like I think you're giving them way too much credit by being like, "Oh, they want to make Sinestro War." No, I think you're crazy mm, by thinking. Maybe that. I am, but all the Sinestro parts are fantastic. They're not though. They, they are, are fantastic. They are fantastic. They are, Mark Strong, but is that because of Mark movie. Strong? It's because Mark Strong's a great actor, right? All the stuff that happens with the Sinestro parts of that movie are good. Them introducing the idea. Are they the, fantastic or are they good? Because there's no, nothing about that. There's uh, not a single okay. fantastic thing about they're that film. They're good, then. But as a thing, the yellow entity being a part of the story and being part of the first story all leads to that. And by the end of the movie, we finish on a hallmark of Sinestro being the Yellow Lantern. That's how that movie ends. It moves. I, I know I watched next, it. For the next step to be that. But, this, but maybe you're but right. Sinestro is one maybe, of the big bad guys of the, of the Green Lantern Corps. So why would you not set it up to make the big bad guy be like, if you're going to do a trilogy, like that's the way you set it up. That's, and that's fine, Danny. If that was but the I case, did, they should have made him. They should have followed the comic book. They just didn't. Yeah. You, you they could have, should have, would have. That's the point that we're having. Right. This, yeah, everything yeah. at this table tonight so is. May, maybe I do give them too much credit. Yeah. That's the thing is everything at this table tonight is they, they should have done this. They could have done this. And they would have done this. That's the whole point. Right. Could have, should have, would have. And they're not. It's because it's a money grab. And I don't think James Gunn is in it for the money grab. I think he's in it for the power grab. I think he's like, Oh my gosh. They canceled me. Marvel loved me and they brought me back to do Guardians three. And now I can do whatever I want. Now I'm indestructible. I think now I think it's an ego <laughs> trip, and I think he thinks he can handle more than he can because I don't think it's going to work. Well, there's ten things here, and he said that this is a piece of it. So, chapter one, God and monsters, ten things. How many more are there? Let's say there's five or six more. You better have some bangers in here in order to fill this out, right? 
Uh, be- best thing I think we got about this is not the best thing, but another thing we got of is October third, twenty twenty five, Batman Part Two. Then October fourth, twenty twenty four, your Joker sequel, which will make a billion dollars. <laughs> I doubt it, but we will see. It will. We'll see. It will. I mean, I, I'll give you Lady Gaga is popular by herself, the, so the, maybe the first one made over a billion bucks. It, it's gonna, it's gonna make money, but yeah, it has to be good though. It is good. You haven't the script's not even done yet. No, I'm saying joke. The first Joker is a good film. You're out of your mind. I but didn't say it wasn't a good film. You absolutely have said it's not. No, good I did not say it wasn't a good film. I said it, it wasn't a good Joker it's film. Fine. Yeah. It's a good film, but not a necessarily good Joker film. Fine. It is, it is a good Joker <laughs> film. Right. Fine. Well, I think that's all we had about James Gunn nonsense and things. So it'll be interesting to see where things shake out, but that's, that's what we got for it so far. Um, uh, as far as, uh, other things in the universe, I don't necessarily have any of our normal closing bits, I guess, but. We talked about George Perez. Um, I'm playing through, um, Gotham Knights right now. I got it on sale because it bombed really bad, but they, I, I walked up to this big podium in the game and they had this huge, um, um, in memoriam, uh, plaque for him that just said, you know, thank you, George, for everything you've done for this universe and so on and so forth. And I thought it was really special. That's cool. Yeah. I thought it was really, really cool. We yeah, talked about neat. George Perez earlier and I was like, Oh, I need to talk about that. It's really neat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. When they did Nightwing 100, one of the covers was a, uh, design cover that was based off designs he had done for the costume back in the, uh, tight Titans run when he still wore the flare collar. So it was cool. It was a, a memorial type cover. Nice. So that was that was pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, no, that's cool. That's really that's really awesome. It is neat. As far as uh, other things, Josh, you got any action figure news you want to talk about? Mm, not really. Okay. Normally do things that we learn, but I feel like this is all things we learn. So we learned a lot. And there, there you go. And as far as things, we'll do that next time. Uh, books to watch. The only book I'm going to throw at you guys to watch. So, Scarlet Witch number two came out this week. Um, I'll give you the first book is a little girly, but it is, it's pretty good. The second one I think is really good. I like the light, like it a lot. The way, uh, we get, uh, Vi, Vision's robot daughter and, um, Wanda, how they interact and how they fit, I think was really cool. So I like that one a lot. So I'd say check it out. And I think that's pretty cool. There's a brand new Silver Surfer that just started, a uh, six part mini series. We introduced a new character in there. So, uh, I mean, that one would be one that I guess chase for keys. Whether the keys going to matter or not, don't know. Uh, but the first issue of it's out, uh, came out this last week also. So I said, check it out. I, I read it. It's a decent enough, decent enough read. I just don't know if in the grand scheme of things, if it's going to matter that much or not. Um, which is normal and par for the course with almost everything. Uh, so there's those guys. We did see a big jump in a lot of these books that he's talking about, especially the authority as far as price. So hang on to your comic books or sell them, you know, in a couple years when they're uh, going to be worth some cash. That's true. Yeah, I saw uh, a bunch of things went up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Booster Gold's supposed to appearance uh, went up. Of course, it makes sense because of Booster. Anyway, yeah, he's right. All these things that were announced, the, the key appearances of things showing up, um, getting be more chasier, more valuable in life. Uh, if you haven't read... Uh, the uh, Supergirl World of Tomorrow, it is good. Um, soft cover that's out, so you can get a soft cover. Individuals at this point, I'm going to say, are probably a nightmare just because of the same reason. But uh, as far as the soft cover is concerned, the first volume of it is out and available in the world. So I'd say check it out because it was a good story. 
Um, it is slightly different than other things, but Tom King, generally speaking, is really good. I, I like most of his miniseries. His vision story was so good, which actually the Scarlet Witch draws lots of lines from that story. So when it comes to books in the world, I'll give you his Bane War. City of Bane. City of Bane, that's what it was. Yeah. City of Bane, too long, but it's good. Everything else, great. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got book wise. Uh, anything else, boys? Nope. No, sir. No, so the key? Tiki! Tiki. Nope. Oh, Cameron Rider number three came out, so there's that. Number one guy to love that cover. That's awesome. Nope, nope. Tiki. Tiki.